Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Now, Frank loves to bark sometimes. Little dango. He's definitely going to bark at some point, but, you know. Frank can't quite control his barks. (laughs) Has he ever said, like, just walk away? (laughs) Walk away. Nobody does have a hockey mask that he wears. It's not quite Lord Humongous. All right. Uh, Justin, you ready? Yeah. Okay, here. I got to adjust myself to see Corey here. All right. So we can connect. Yeah. Did you let him know what you're about to do? I'm going to sing a song. What's with Tim Burton feeling so low? Why does he look so ill? Maybe it's because Mars attacks flopped and Superman lives got killed. Then a script came in, sent by Scott Rudin. Andrew Kevin Walker wrote Today we are talking Sleepy Hollow Right now here on Cinema Possessed Could this be the most gothic thing Tim Burton's made? I'm not sure about that (laughs) Johnny Depp stars as Ichabod Crane Christina Ricci's Van Tassel Christopher Walken's fucking insane As a headless guy on a saddle But the main attraction Is a gory action And Kevin Yeager's heads Today we are talking Sleepy Hollow Right now here on Cinema Possessed Has to be the most gory thing Tim Burton's made I'm pretty sure about that Yeah, I'm pretty sure about that (laughs) (laughs) The oohs were my favorite part (laughs) Cinema Possessed This is Cinema Possessed The podcast Cinema Possessed This is Cinema With Jack and Justin
Welcome, everybody, to the Cinema Possessed Podcast. My name is Jack Bishop. And I'm Justin Nisham. And with us, as always, is the Ichabod Crane of this podcast, Corey Clifford. That's me. She's got the big ears, mm-hmm. feet like shovels, huh? taste for the finer things. True. He's walking on a razor's edge. Ichabod <laughs> <laughs> is the star of That's the true. movie. That's true. So, should have led with that. Um, you should have said that. that. Yeah. Each week, we take a close look at one film in our combined DVD and Blu-ray collections and discuss what it was about it that originally possessed us to want to possess it. We'll debate whether or not the film still holds that power over us today, and in the end, we'll decide once and for all if it deserves to keep its place on the shelf or have its head severed and taken back to hell. And (laughs) the heads are going to roll on this episode because we have a very special guest joining us in the Cinema Possessed Studios. He's a hilarious actor, comedian, improviser, and co-host of two amazing podcasts that I love, the long-running health and fitness podcast, The Dumbbells, and my personal favorite, the Action Boys podcast on Patreon. Please welcome our pal, Ryan Stanger. What up? What up? (laughs) I'm the Jeffrey Jones of this podcast. That's right. (laughs) Grace yes. Jeffrey Jones. <laughs> Post 2001 or whenever he got busted. Yeah, we met you when you were going door to door telling us that you were on this registry that I've heard yeah. about. When is he gonna when do we get him back? When I don't know. He's knocking around. Is he? Have you seen him? Oh, wait, he was in the Deadwood remake, right? He's in the Deadwood remake. Or the um, reboot, I guess, is what that was. I guess Milch forgot about. <laughs> Sadly, <laughs> due to his condition, forgot about the uh, whatever the uh, uh, the crimes he was convicted of. Were. Yes, no, he was convicted. He was for sure convicted. And then um, I think he's doing theater, but it's like shit in Palm Springs <laughs> and stuff. You know? It's like, oh. It's a bummer because he's fucking great. And he's a classic Tim Burton actor. Yes, and he has a very real person look to him yeah um but yeah i mean like it's it's a bummer that these <laughs> that people are creeps creeps people are yeah, creeps. yeah. <laughs> you can't you it's complex you know well the spooky season is upon us <laughs> Yes, it is. And we're kicking things off with a nice spooky episode. But I wanted to get Halloween takes. Where does it fall on everybody's like ranking of holidays? Number one. Well, Halloween? still number two. Yeah. Still number two. What's number one? Your number Christmas. one? Christmas. Mm. I love Christmas. I think Halloween's number mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Jax is definitely number one. And therefore, it's, number one for it's me. gotten big, bigger for me over the years, but I'm still just a sweet little Christmas girl. Did, were you not into it when you were younger? Of course. Of course. But like... You got you got school off for Christmas, That's so true. that automatic now and you get presents. For now Christmas. I would say October is my favorite month because it's like it's the beginning of all the fun times. But Christmas is definitely second favorite for me. Right. Staying where does Halloween fall? Um, I like it a lot now because I I got a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you're getting to relive all the fun stuff, and it's you guys are you guys are young bucks. It's immensely <laughs> popular among. I would say the millennial generation yeah. starting with your generation to where people fucking went crazy for it. I loved it as a kid. Yeah. I, I would plan my costumes like a year in advance. Mm-hmm. Like the second Halloween was over, I would start planning it never materialized, <laughs> but I'd always be like, I'm going to be RoboCop this year. I just have to go to a junkyard. Your, yeah. your, genera- your generation persecuted people for celebrating Halloween. Burned them, burned them at the stake. Yeah, it was more, you know, yeah. if they were horny or had their periods or something or good ideas, say they're witches. But no, uh, I loved it like as a kid, but I didn't, you know, as a grown up, like I didn't think of, it would just be like a fucking burden that like I'd have a girlfriend that would want to 
like have mm. costumes that were similar. Jack will never do a couple's costume with me. What it's I've so done annoying. a number of them now. Now, now, yes, for us to do a couple's costume, I have to agree to be some random ass movie character that you want to be. That no, like we'll thematic. go to a th- uh, yeah. party. <laughs> Nobody will know who we are. But I'm like, okay, whatever. No, we get compliments in our costumes <laughs> by one other film nerd who is at the party. One of my favorite like childhood Halloween costumes was I went as Arnold from Terminator 2, and I had bought one of those like glue on prosthetic that was like robot like torn flesh with robot underneath sure but this was like before the days of you know at home prosthetic technology it sucked ass and my parents literally could not get it to stick to my face and so we had to improvise and get like that shiny metal duct tape and tear that into pieces and then like paint red blood and it honestly ended up looking fucking awesome and turned out to be like one of my even proudest. better yeah exactly I mean, it happens on a film set sometimes true. the accidents and the uh <laughs> the limitations you know mm-hmm. lend to stuff that's better uh why so two you mentioned you wore like the leather pants and the, yeah, the modern I, ray-bans as opposed to the uh the punk attire yes that he wears exactly in. i wanted the leather daddy look not the <laughs> <laughs> not the cool like punk jacket that he has in the first one uh speaking of practical effects some great ass practical effects in the movie we're talking about today. Justin, Mm -hmm. you want to tell the audience what we're talking today? Today we're talking about, once again, the greatest movie year ever, 1999, Sleepy Hollow, directed by Tim Burton. I am Constable Ichabod Crane, sent from New York to investigate murder in Sleepy Hollow. How much of your superiors explained to you? Only that their heads severed from their bodies. Taken by the headless horseman, taken back to hell. Is everyone in this village enthralled to superstition? We have many things to talk about, even in this backward place. Excuse my manner. I'm not used to. Female company? Murder! The horseman's killed again! The assassin is a man of flesh and blood, and I will discover him. Are you so certain of everything? On November 19th, he rides again. Johnny Depp. There is no horseman. There never was a horseman. There never will be a horseman. Christina Ricci. Perhaps there's a bit of a witch in you, Katrina. Why do you say that? Because you've bewitched him. Sleepy Hollow. Rated R. Two things I'm thinking from that trailer. One, they use the Dark Man music. Did you recognize that Danny Elfman score? Not from Sleepy Hollow, from Dark Man. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> We're not fucking idiots, Jack. Uh, and two, it was released November thir- 18th or something. 19th. 19th. So they missed the Halloween window there. What was going on? Dumbass. They, they yeah. had to build a lot more than they thought. They're like, we'll find it all in England. And yeah. they're like, oh shit, there's Wait. nothing that looks that old over here. Yeah. yeah. I did read some articles that they were yeah. scrambling to the finish on this They one. only built like a full town with like every house had floor, multiple floors. When yeah. you look at this, it's like so much the is Maison made. Saint. So much mm. is made nowadays when like Robert Eggers builds a lighthouse for his movie or like Ari Aster <laughs> builds like a village made out of like four little houses. It's like, you look at this, they built an entire fucking village oh, so cool. that oh, yeah. with a forest is not only like period, but also has that Tim Burton flair mm-hmm. to it. Yeah, it's the like, magic. And that He's was like, just run of the gotta mill. There's got to be stuff in the drawers even if we're not seeing it you know <laughs> like I, I want people to see like feel a knife block in the background that's <laughs> yeah. distressed and old and weird looking that has legs on it and they're like alright fucking 
Batman was a hit. And that was just yeah. like par for the course back in 1999. Movies just did that back then. That's hundred million dollar budget. God, it on hurt. this motherfucker, hundred million. That's pretty big. Yeah. I want to say this is maybe the last Tim Burton movie that I gave a shit about. Uh, is there anything that came out? What came out? Nineteen like. Big Fish came out, but I was not really a Big Fish guy. <gasps> I liked Big Fish. Yeah, I mean, like, what else? It, Planet of the Apes? That was a big stinker. I was excited about Tim it. Tim Burton did Me Planet too. of the Apes? Mm-hmm. How did I yeah. not He did the Marky that. Mark one with Tim Roth. It's kind of cool oh, because wow. they do all practical effects. Oh, I was like, all, all the makeups. The and then he was like, great. He was like, we're going to ADR their voices, but I like how the makeup muffled them. Yeah. <laughs> you just hear him like just like fucking fighting through the makeup to try to talk and stuff. <laughs> they have that Bubba teeth like you game cookie human. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tim Burton was my favorite director for the longest time. He was the way I learned what a director was, actually. He uh So like you saying... found out about Roman Polanski's past and then you're like now like he's my guy. guy. <laughs> he is my guy. Forgive him. Yeah. <laughs> Just one time. Come yeah, on, I, pirates. I was initially like afraid of Tim Burton because when I learned his name was when um, Nightmare Before Christmas came out. Ugh. Because all the trail, all the commercials just say Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas, and I thought that was the scariest looking movie. 1993. So I was. Five. Fucking chicken shit, dude. <laughs> I was really scared. <laughs> Apparently, I was not in the uh, the minority because uh, I watched an interview with Danny Elfman, and he said that uh, Nightmare Before Christmas was a total flop because kids hated it. And like they realized they made it for not like me. the Ugh, wrong not audience. Not me either. I loved, I loved it. it, too. Saw it in the theaters with my parents. I remember the first time I watched it in elementary school with my mom. And I think we watched it as more of a Christmas movie than a Halloween movie. It like works. in that, yeah. Well, and this, look at, I mean, look at what she revealed at the beginning of the show. Christmas first, Halloween close wow, second. It's wow, made wow, for you. Wow. Mm-hmm. Literally made for you. So many yeah. things I'm realizing about myself. When I eventually <laughs> saw it, I loved it, but I was terrified of it when it was being promoted to yeah. me. And I remember- Chicken uh, shit. Yeah, I was. <laughs> Chicken I wasn't, shit. It took me a while before I got into horror movies. Weren't you a Chris Sarandon fan though? Yeah, as a five-year-old, yeah, exactly. <laughs> does the dialogue for uh, mm-hmm. Jack, Jack Skellington. Skellington. Uh, Elfman does the singing. Yes. Not allowed to do the dialogue because uh-huh. he couldn't pull it off. <laughs> Major rift between him and Burton for a while too. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. How bad do you think it was? I mean, you think Tim Burton was just being a picky pain in the ass, or you think? Mm, I bet I he was think, awkward. I mean, I'm sure he's. Just, yeah, I mean, Danny Elfman's just not an actor, so I'm sure he wasn't pulling off the emotional beat. Let like, fucking Marky you know, Mark do fucking kind of. I know. Himself. Clearly yeah. doesn't care about wooden. I mean, his performance in the music is, I mean, that's that's performance. It is. That's I mean, it's sure. stunning. What's this? What's this? Yeah. Those white things in the air. I love, too, that it's Chris Sarandon. He's just like the most unexpected choice. He crushes he, it, yeah, though. He's awesome. I, I like the marriage of all of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think Burton wanted it to be Elfman and... You know, I just didn't work. That wasn't Jeffrey Jones his first pick, but he kept molesting the dolls. <laughs> <laughs> the pup, the stop motion yeah. puppets. When he first walked onto set, he was like, "What's this? What's this? <laughs> this is a ribald episode." Uh, well, you know, I'm here, so yeah, I definitely bring tracks. the horniness to it. <laughs> Tim Burton, what what does he mean to the, to everybody here? And is it a long time? Like, a do you remember being bum? Well, not now. I think we all probably agree that. But as a kid, no, I think he kid, was my the first director I ever knew as well. Because he's a very obvious Him and James director. Ca- or James Cameron? Yeah, that's You're right. Could be. I don't know why. Jim? Do people call him Jim yes, when they're talking about him? Okay. Okay. Well, Jim and Tim were my two Jim and Tim. 
favorites. I mean, Edward Scissorhands was like, oh yeah, yeah. obsessed as a kid. Mm-hmm. It still makes me cry now if I, I watch that movie. Probably his best. That's movie. for sure. To me, that's one hundred percent for sure yeah. his best. It's his masterpiece, and it's because he wrote it too. You know, like I for we'll get into it, but for me, this movie suffers because of the script and not because of anything yes he's yes doing. it does so this kind of this whole this podcast today came about because i had just offhanded mentioned somewhere talking to mm-hmm. jack or something that i had watched the full commentary of sleepy, sleepy hollow, hollow. <laughs> um a strange choice to do a deep dive <laughs> not now jack I would... literally presented it to me like we should do sleepy hollow with stanger he said it's his one of his favorite oh, movies I didn't of say all that. time i said i know he's Stanger's watched the a commentary. huge sleepy hollow fan he knows everything i said about he the must movie. be a fan because he's watched the you didn't commentary say he must be a fan <laughs> you said he's we, an expert he on sleepy hollow i was like i can't wait to hear why stanger chose this movie uh so and i was even surprised that i i was like god damn i guess i did but this is so <laughs> i just turns out i totally made it up in my life. <laughs> no definitely did in in this podcast you know uh, that you guys started in talking about having physical media mm-hmm. and so this was one that I, when i was buying a lot of discs um which i'll probably start going back to now kind of went away from it for yeah. a while but i think now i'm gonna go back to it but i bought it and I, I too was like he was one of these directors that i would look forward to anytime his stuff came came out and definitely had a visual style that I could identify before I knew I had mm-hmm. an above or beyond normal interest in kind of films and filmmakers and creators. So I was painted like, what is this guy going to do next? And I'm, I like what he's offering up and I can feel his sensibilities on it. And so I was excited when this movie came out, I saw it early in college, liked it. I think I, it never made me feel anything. And <laughs> That, yeah. that continues, that yes. endures. Yeah. Um, but I remember like liking it and, f- you know, feeling kind of Tim Burton-y. And then there was um, a, a real specific kind of look to it that I enjoyed that I, you know, obviously now can see, you know, him, you know, doing his take on the Hammer Horror films mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. But at the time I didn't know, but I, I just loved like the um, the whimsical element that doing most of it on a soundstage kind yeah. of added and the smoke. I still love it. Me too. It's still Agreed. amazing. Agreed. And so anyway- that kind of wanted me to, you know, like learn more. How it was made. Yeah, how yeah. it was made and all that kind of shit. And so then I just remember watching the commentary and loving the commentary because it's one of these movies to where he has thoughts, ideas, and opinions. He has things that he needs to have in a movie. He loves his cast yeah. always. And I think that that's important for good filmmakers to really love their cast. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also doesn't give a shit about the movie. And so it makes for like kind of a fun commentary to where, you know, it's yeah. just stuff like, oh, and then we had this guy on set every day with bugs. And I <laughs> yeah. don't remember why he was there. <laughs> and so finally we're like, well, let's just use one. And so that's where that spider, where the spider crawls yeah. across the uh-huh. spell. So it's a bunch of shit like that. Or like, yeah. look at Gambone's hands, man. Yeah, you know? He has larger hands than any normal human. <laughs> So tons of like fun stuff on the commentary. And then, uh, and so I, it always just kind of stuck and it made me like Bert. Yeah. He seemed really self-aware that like, obviously he, um, in the parody song that we heard at the beginning, like was kind of, you know, at a weird place and just needed Mm -hmm. to make something. And this wasn't that precious to him, but I think 
you know, the stuff that kind of endures is like a, a great cast and a good look. To oh, the my movie. God. I mean, yeah. th- this is like one of those movies where I think if you isolate basically any one of these sequences and just watch that, you might be like, is this going to be the best Tim Burton movie? Like, it's so Tim Burton-y. It's so expertly done. And when you take them on an individual basis, the scenes, they're really... Uh, jaw dropping, but then as a when whole, when you combine yes. everything yeah. together, well, this that's is one weird of those movies because where when I- you were watching the commentary, I thought that spoiler alert, <laughs> Jack, this has not happened the entire podcast. Did he cry? No, but what? he kept having to nudge me, being like, "You can't fall asleep." Oh my! What? Oh, during the movie? Uh huh. During, during the movie, the movie. You and were that bored has not or- happened to me. Yeah, I think it was a mixture of that. Maybe we started it too late. I'm but not going to lie. It's it's a sleepy movie. This, this movie, this, and but this oh. is not the first time. <laughs> and it's kind of got a hollow Jack story. Jack has showed me this movie, and that has happened to me. I've fallen asleep in it every time he's tried to show it to me. But he was watching yeah. the commentary the other day, and I was coming in, and I was like, fuck, these scenes are rad looking. Yeah. Like, that is so cool. The, it's, it's like spellbindingly made, but then there's something about it. But then it all together, the, something is not It's such a working. drag because you just don't give a fucking shit. You're yeah. never <laughs> once scared. Yes, yes. Yes. And you don't ever feel anything. It's yeah. kind of like, oh, that looks good. Well, that looks good. And then, like, he kind of nailed it when he was like, I, you know, we felt like we were making a Scooby-Doo move, like the big fucking Miranda Richardson, my, like monologue. And yeah. you're like, who gives a fuck? Yeah. Shit? <laughs> like the Van Tassels and like, oh, we saw the little like uh, thing in the hearth of like the Archer family. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, that's fucking lazy. There's so yeah. many different characters too. Like I went onto the Wikipedia earlier today to be like, let me just make sure like I, I do remember every scene and <laughs> character names are popping up that I was like, who the fuck A lot fuck of Vans. Is this? And then you got a Van Dean in the yeah. cast yes I, I don't care if you're referencing scooby-doo or hammer horror <laughs> or any of those things yeah. i don't care for a villain to stand on a soapbox at the end of the movie and just mm-hmm. spill the <laughs> plot by plot detail of their evil plan while making it very easy for the yeah. you know i, I also think there's a limit away. there's also a limit to how many times you can have your protagonist faint and it's not funny anymore yeah. and it yeah. feels lazy it happens so many times in the movie that I'm like, I don't really think this is a good running gag. It's only feeling like it's making the movie stop. Well, and it's, it's, I feel like there's this, this need for Burton to um, have his films be about an outsider mm-hmm. and somebody that doesn't fit in. And this, obviously he came into this a little later than he normally does yes. in movies. Yeah. And so he's trying to get that in there. And I think if he had been wrestling with this material for longer, mm-hmm. he probably would have made you feel more for the horseman and made that his angle. Yeah. He has this weird thing that I've heard him talk about. I was doing a little research on this in, you know, the press kind of going into this mm-hmm. where he'll talk about how Ichabod Crane is in his own head a lot and the horseman is headless. And he does it kind of as a joke, but in on a Charlie Rose spot, I heard him screw down on a little more and he was like, you have this character who's too much inside his own head um, to where he's ostracized by people because of it. And it's, you know, a condition that he has. And then you have the villain who is being driven by something else and moving elegantly through the world. And he doesn't even understand why he's doing the bad things he's doing. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's an interesting juxtaposition. Yeah. And when you hear it kind of presented like that, you're like, Oh, that's cool. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you don't feel it. In the you movie. don't feel it in the movie. It's not executed in that way at all, but you see how he kind of tried to do that in like making Ichabod like, <laughs> you know, I think the movie yeah. has a decent setup. I don't mind the first act. I think it starts off 
strong in the premise, and right? I think the set pieces are pretty good. A mo- turn of the century modern yeah. constable who wants to use science and reason mm-hmm. uh, to the chagrin of everyone around him is presented with the ultimate head scratcher and has to put his brain to the test. But that's sort of where it starts to to fail. And uh-huh. I think yeah. that soundbite that you brought up sounds amazing but then they don't do anything with the brilliant detective like he's not actually solving anything meaningful or interesting or complex you nailed it and it's he's not good enough at his job for it to be interesting yeah and he's not bad enough but pulling it off somehow for it to be interesting you know like the verdict to where paul newman's a drunk and you're like God, can this fucking drunk yeah. pull off this in pots? It's it's compelling and it's cool to watch. Or you know, just somebody like Alex Cross or something in mm-hmm. those, um, you know, in those novels and the movies they yeah. made with um Morgan Freeman, Along the Spider. Yeah, they were just so fucking good. You're just like, oh yeah, he already figured it out, right? You know, yeah, yeah. that's cool. That can yeah. be cool and escape is sometimes too, but in, it's kind of neither. I feel, they also don't really like nail the romance at all like no, that feels so like half no chemistry between the them. chemistry is dead and should have been winona yes i don't know why why did she turn the movie down is it just because were of they their still relationship? together no, they, were broken up. they were broken up yeah. so she's like he i don't just had work like with that asshole. lily rose like right when he was mm. doing this yeah. oh. he was with vanessa whatever her name was yeah and also too the the idea that like a lot is made when you look up what johnny depp's intention was is he's like i wanted to play this like a scared little girl and <laughs> to me i'm like you don't commit to that mm-hmm. though like the, he's he's relatively stoic and then he'll have these occasional pops of like really exaggerated fear where he's like hiding behind a blanket or fainting but for the most part i don't feel a sense of like fear in him throughout this movie well that's what i I felt disagree i felt like the whole every it was like confusing like actors were in different movies like throughout it too i felt like it just felt like he was playing it safe like i've seen like in the movie dead man i feel like he plays a much better version of like a scared protagonist who's like in over his head and something in and when it comes to like his quirky qualities too it feels like he's just giving a little sprinkle of that mm-hmm. Hunter S. Thompson or Jack Sparrow thing, but he's not, it feels like everybody's playing it a little safe Apparently, as he to doesn't not like, like his, alienate. He doesn't like his performance either, right? I didn't, I didn't hear him say that, but oh, yeah. I wouldn't I be surprised. I think he won't watch it because he hates the way he is in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, that's, a, that's the disappointment in it is that I think Johnny Depp can be a really captivating actor and there's something boring about him in this movie too. I This one also feels, this reeks of like, the studio being involved, like it's an hour and 45 minutes. You feel like yeah. there's more thankfully because it, it couldn't endure <laughs> yeah. any longer at all. But I feel like there's a lot of like, kind of like, Hey, we need to figure this out yeah. and we need to make it exciting. And I'm sure Depp gave a, like a spectrum of performance and they just went with the, yeah. the most down the yeah. middle. Well, because also- there's legendary stories of fucking pirates to where they're like, you know you're ruining our movie yeah. essentially tim, and- this is this is where tim burton starts to go downhill and also this is where johnny depp starts to go downhill so it's not that surprising. i don't know johnny depp did have his big i i think maybe what it is is that johnny depp had done a few weirder quirkier movies before this that were not box office successes like I fear the, and loathing i i think i think burton and depp both needed a hit yeah and they were like this was a hit by the way it was yeah 
200 plus million yeah, dollars. This is where we get, you know, then we get Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yes. We get Pirates but, of the Caribbean. We get Sweeney Todd. We get Public a, Enemies. You're getting we, a downfall in creative worth out yeah, of Tim Burton, I mean. but you're getting an upswing. Like Johnny Depp became I mean, a Pirates superstar. Pirates is like the yeah. highest ever. Yeah. But that's where, he, that's where he lost me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it lost me too. Like I said, this is the final Tim Burton it, movie that I actually kind of cared about. Going back to Ricci, I don't know if this is true, but he... I read on IMDb that he's known her since he was she was yeah. nine years old. He taught so her he what homosexuality con- was. You want to well, hear it? You want to hear the story? Sure, please. <laughs> uh, she, you know, she did the movie Mermaids with Winona Ryder. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. She was maybe nine years old when she did Mermaids. There's a very little girl, and I guess somebody Cher also and Cher. Don't and forget Cher, at dude. that point in time, Never Winona, Winona, <laughs> Never forget. Forget. Running over chair like a fucking Sonny Bono like a crashing sunny. into a yeah. tree, boss. <laughs> Apparently, there was a fight on the set of Mermaids, and the rumor was is that one person was being homophobic to another. And Christina Ricci didn't know what the word homophobic meant, so she asked Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder was dating Johnny Depp at the time, and she said, "I don't really know how to explain it to you. Let me call Johnny." And got Johnny Depp on the phone, and that he can't be real. This is what Christina how, Ricci said. Who doesn't know how to explain what that word means? I mean. Why well, not a writer? <laughs> <laughs> She's a great actor. <laughs> I know. She was probably like seventeen there t- at the time sure, yeah. too. Sure, sure. It is funny that she had Cher probably in the next trailer. Yeah, over, but she's like, let me call gay Johnny. Icon of all time. Uh, and yeah, so he explained to, to Christina Ricci over the phone what what homosexuality mm-hmm. meant. But go on. Well, if he felt <laughs> if he felt uncomfortable with her as his love interest, then maybe she that was also nineteen in this movie and when she made this he? movie. 36. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, she looks like this a is, child. To, to be to put it into perspective, Now and Then made in 1995. Wow. Remember how what she looked like in Now and Then? This is yeah. only four years later. Yeah. That's and it's crazy. also Now and Then kind of makes sense. That's true. How wow. young she looked. Deep. I don't know. That's you think deep, they planned man. that? Did they plan that? With that the we would be talking about yeah. this now? Yeah. I don't want to shit too hard on her, but I don't think Christina Ricci's very good in this movie either. I agree. Shit softly on her. Yeah. <laughs> um, or, you know, shit softly on Ricci. Uh, she doesn't Dude. have much dialogue and she doesn't do much with it either. No. Uh, I read the Washington Irving short story oh, that this is based on. Okay. Me too. Um, in preparation for this. Wow. And it's I, only like 46 pages. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. Sure, sorry. And it's, it's really fun. It's one of these like crazy things that's like it's written in like the 1800s and like you can easily still slaps. Yeah, <laughs> like you get all the jokes and feel the humor yeah. come through. I had to look up a few words, but yeah. it was pretty straightforward. I think Katrina von Tassel is mm-hmm. 18 in that, mm-hmm. and uh, Ichabod is a pedagogue, school teacher, school teacher. But in the car, so do we all watch the cartoon too? Yeah, yes. cartoons pretty faithful to the Spot um, on. especially in comparison to this movie is. It's- so much better. Oh my just god! Like, it's so from a much character better. standpoint, far and away better. To everything and like even like the stuff with the library books and all that. I was like, this is so fucking good. Yeah, like, yeah that was cool. Yeah, yeah, I loved everything that they were doing I was back. Like, what then. am I looking at? Is yeah, it, this isn't CG. Yeah. 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 <laughs> This looks crazy. Yeah, a lot of creative ideas in there too. There's like a part where like he's seeing double, and then there's like a little dance oh, so where he's like, like two of them. And how inventive the horse chase was at the end, yeah. and when it like mm-hmm. he ends up on the horseman's horse, yeah. and yeah. he and Gunpowder so see cool. each other. And yeah, yeah, it's fucking great. Yeah, it was so much more fun. Moved obviously much quicker. I will. I will say the structure of the story is strange to me. Like it's I mean, been a, a lot of creep, but a creep it, the, for the climax of it ultimately to be that like. Uh, Braun, it's all just kind of like uh, uh, a ruse to get him out of town. I don't know. It felt like a strange. I I love. Well, that's that's very much the novel or yeah. the uh, short the story, story, which is a cool angle because he 
it's a it's an interesting writing device that mm-hmm. he takes this very unlikable character that is your protagonist yeah. um and then just tells you how he gets run out of this fucking town <laughs> yeah. and like he he does it in this kind of comedic way to where he'll say um you know because of course Ichabod Crane was very sophisticated he read two books by that time you know <laughs> so like he's kind of like you know pumping him up him. but yeah. he's shitting him shitting on him at the same mm-hmm. time yeah. and he's like fantasizing about like the wealth and the oh yeah he wants know, material that. possessions he'll yeah, inherit he, he's he's horny for katrina von Ka- von tassel but he also really wants the money and yeah. she's yeah. also really hot in the cartoon like the, oh, yeah, yeah. I thought it was. I kinda... liked Brahm in the in the cartoon too, and I think Brahm is a nothing character in the yeah. movie. Yeah, I mean, he's very much a big part of the short story, yeah. Yeah. and he's described as jocular. Like everybody in town kind of likes him. Like he's a good guy, even yeah. though he's... yeah, I was kind of on his side. In the yeah, cartoon. I wish he would have yeah. been more in the movie. I was bummed that, I, you know, of all the changes that Tim Burton made, that he wrote a very traditional love story where they just you know it's just fall like a in, nothing love fall story. in yeah. love, and uh, he wins over the. You know, be, uh, severed Casper Van spleen. Mm-hmm. It's just boring. <laughs> it's so boring. That poor guy had to deal with that his entire life. Yeah. Dude. <sighs> if anybody calls me Casper Van spleen again, I'll fuck. I won't do fucking Starship Troopers. The oh little God. bit of the backstory here: this movie originated with Kevin Yeager. So Kevin Yeager did the special effects I would have for this film. Love to have seen what he did if he got to direct this thing. Well, have you seen Hellraiser Bloodline? Because uh, that's his one and only directorial effort. Do I look like a fucking idiot? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not his one and only. He, so, so Kevin Yeager uh, did Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, he did. Some, he did a few Starship, episodes of Tales from the Crypt. He did the heads in Starship Troopers. Too. Oh, he's the Second, he's the oh, king of the heads. Second time working with Van Spleen. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Yeah, Kevin Yeager originally uh, came up with a treatment for this movie. He wanted to do sort of like a serial killer version of The Headless Horseman. It was set for him to direct. He partnered up with Andrew Kevin Walker, the writer of Seven, uh, who we've now talked about multiple times because we also did an episode on Hideaway, which is... Who wrote Six? Good one, <laughs> Why isn't Stanger telling us the backstory of his favorite movie of all time? Why are you? It's his movie. It's his pick. Let the expert talk. Go ahead, Stanger. Sorry, yeah. I, he's he can be rude. Sometimes. No, 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 no. I, it's nice if you have like uh, your fucking favorite thing. It's nice to hear. Why? Just why it's, hear it again. Hear about it again. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this I know must be all really stuff. boring for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but then, yeah, he he got to do uh, he got to direct Hellraiser Bloodline. It went so badly that he took his name off of it. It's an Alan Smithy directed movie, but it's technically Kevin Yeager. And you you guys have seen it? Yes, it's terrible. It sucks. It's, it's just boring. Just very bad. And and you can tell it's a mess. It's cut to pieces. Dude, Pinhead would never say that. <laughs> So Fuck they it. they uh, they basically no way <laughs> not my centibites. Thanks for ruining my childhood. They took the movie away from him. Scott Rudin ended up getting a hold of the script, got it to Burton. Burton was coming off of a huge dis- two huge disappointments. Uh, Mars Attacks was a, a not for me box loved office it. failure. Me too. I loved, loved it. it. Yeah. And I remember at the time people talking shit about it and me being like, what's yours deal? Did you all see it in the theaters? Mm-hmm. That movie the theaters. haunted me. I was so scared of it. That was my nightmare. I couldn't before believe Christmas. I was I think this was around the I couldn't time believe they killed the president. Pierce, that was a big thing for me. Pierce Brosnan was Bond, and uh-huh. I was a huge fan of the Brosnan Bonds. Uh-huh. And, and I a think huge fan of um Dante's Peak, right? Yes, I was. I yeah. was. I was yes. a big fan of the detonator. 
Holy shit. <laughs> the idea of it or the movie? The movie. Okay. I think Pierce Brosnan, Pierce Brosnan gets uh, his, his head, head cut off and put in a uh, preservation. Yeah. And glass, then Je- right? and Je- Sarah Jessica Parker gets hers put yeah. on a dog's body. Right. Ugh. I couldn't, I remember like, I couldn't believe that. I was like, they did that to Bond. <laughs> so I was upset. I think and that's why the movie tanked. I couldn't believe that Jack Nicholson played two roles in that mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Michael J. Fox is awesome in that movie. Mm-hmm. That movie's a, a knockout. But yeah, totally misunderstood at the time. Didn't get reviewed terribly and I think was a financial bomb as well. And Burton directed that? Burton directed yeah. it. And I think spent a lot of time yes. on it. Yes, very passionate. Did yes. he write most of his movies? Um, In the beginning, but then kind of like after the scissor hands of it all, I think he stopped doing a lot of So writing. he didn't write any of Sleepy Hollow? No. He, oh, okay. Um, And then he spent an entire year trying to make the movie Superman Lives with Nicolas Cage, written by Kevin Smith, produced by John Peters. Would have loved, loved to have seen that yeah. one. Yes. It wasn't going to be Kevin Smith's script at all, though. No. Right. They were. They changed it quite a bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's famous for doing that. Like, he'll just, he'll sign on with whatever script they have and then just bring in his own people and be mm-hmm. like. And for the longest time, all the information about that movie was through Kevin Smith and his like, his, his like one man shows. They're great. Which are, yeah, they're really funny. I have mixed feelings on him Uh in general and don't love his movies. He's a great storyteller. But he's a great storyteller. Mm -hmm. And his stories about John Peters are next level. Yeah, he wanted, Mm -hmm. he wanted, he was like obsessed with Superman fighting a giant spider. Yeah, he he wanted him in in basketball shorts. That's right. He produced Wild Wild West. I think Death of Superman Lives is is worth documentary watching. Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah. Especially for like the um, footage they were doing that they have of the behind the scenes. Yeah. Trying all that stuff. His long hair. It looks awesome. It looks fun. It would have been so fun, dude. They took the movie away from Tim Burton after working on it for a year. So he was like needed. He needed a movie to do and he needed it to be something that's going to kind of bring him out of the slump. And that's ended up being what this is. And when he got the script for it, he was like, this is kind of perfect for me. This is exact. This is based on stuff that inspired me to be a filmmaker. It's in the style and tone of stuff that I can do well. And it was like an excuse for him to like really go full Burton in a way that everybody thought would be like financially uh, viable, which turned out to be true. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he did any work on the script. I think they basically just took the script as is. And based on a lot of Andrew Kevin Walker's other scripts, post seven, I would say he has this problem on almost all of his movies where they're just like too complex. They're too confusing. And like they get a little bogged down in their own like plot. This one isn't even that complex. It's just who gives a shit. Yeah, yeah. it just is just, so. It seems just, like it's so focused on the plot when not like doing anything else good. Well, you, you know what's interesting? Did you guys watch uh, Wednesday on Netflix? Not mm-hmm. yet. Okay, so that's I would say Tim Burton's most recent offering. Yeah, he directed four of the episodes. The mm-hmm. pilot, it's kind of his deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I watched it with Stone, and you know, it's who's that. Stone is my son. Sorry. <laughs> Important to note because I haven't mentioned yeah. his name at this point. It could be any stone. Yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> Can I get a hell yeah? <laughs> Wednesday, watching it with Stanger. Uh, <laughs> we're smashing Coors Lights and stuff. Um, but uh, so we watched it together and it's very much, you know, falls in the pitfalls of streaming again. Like mm-hmm. it, it's yeah. too like tidy looking. Um, and but they shot it in Romania, so there's some great exteriors, mm. and there's some like cool kind of like castles and shit that they're able to use. Mm. And in speaking to Tim Burton's strengths, he is good at casting things, and really was taken by Jenna Ortega, who plays Wednesday, 
and uh, deputized her uh, to make a lot of choices about the character and how she's going to perform the character and, right. and improvise a little bit and all that kind of shit, which is hugely important to the success of that show. Mm-hmm. And she got in trouble because she did a podcast where she talked about how she had thoughts, feelings, and opinions and didn't like um, some of the teenage romance stuff that they were adding in and didn't feel like it was in character for her. And there's a bunch of like, um, you know, shoddy show owners that are like, you better fucking don't, these writers are working their ass yeah. off on w- what you're doing. <laughs> and like, in no way was she shitting on the right. It was more just like- She I, had a vision and she yeah. made that happen. And you guys know from writing stuff and being creators, if the best thing you can have is when you hire an actor that is so passionate about it mm-hmm. that will, you know, wrestle and have discussions with you guys about what's happening, especially if they're a professional. Right. It's one thing if they're like a psycho or, you know, a drunk or lazy or whatever. Yeah. But if it's somebody that's really good and you're like, okay, well, yeah, what do you think? And then you either do it or you don't. Mm-hmm. It's like, what's his name from Sex, Lies, and Videotapes? Spader? Didn't he say to him, like, this is my role now? Yeah, he said, you need to prepare yourself that, like, he said, pretty I'm s- the captain now. <laughs> <laughs> pretty soon, you're not, this role isn't going to be yours anymore. It's going to be mine. And, like, you're going to need to accept that. He said that to Steven Soderbergh. <laughs> Uh, That's pretty cool. Uh, So anyway, if you watch the show, she is fantastic. She's incredible. It's sensational. And all the praise that she gets for it, she deserves. Mm -hmm. And she elevates something that would have just been okay into a lot better. But that being said, it's cut this weird fucking teenage gumshoe thing that they do. Where she's like solving mysteries or something? Yeah, throughout the whole show. And I feel like it's this thing that they do for Burton where it's like, Oh, you can kind of burn out and then we'll just make sure that we have this other little traditional th- plot thread that we here. follow. And it's just like, you guys, it's so unnecessary. Yeah. yeah. Just and that's why scissor hands hit so hard is because it makes you feel things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We cast Jenna Ortega as like a child Princess Leia in a short uh, Star Wars parody video that we did. Yeah, we worked with her when she was oh. like seven years old. And I remember <laughs> and them coming incredible. home being like, this girl is a star. It was like unreal. they were both talking Probably so much about her. one of the her. best actresses we've ever worked with. Couldn't, seven oh, years man. old. Couldn't believe it. That's It makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you see, she's truly sensational in this. And then the reason why the show is good, it's yeah. not because of like, just stick to the teenage gumshoe <laughs> yeah. stuff and don't have ideas. And Burton will let that happen. I think that's the issue with a lot of his later movies is like, he's just focused on like the aesthetics and the world building. And he's not, he's kind of getting worse at that now too. Yeah. And, and like, <laughs> he just is one of these guys that is swept up by computer generated effects, yeah. which is so weird because if in like the limited <sighs> stuff I saw him talk about this movie, he was like, we all agreed that practical was the way to go. It's because he was coming off of Mars Attacks. And yeah. Mars Attacks was so heavy. And I think Superman Lives was going to be very heavy CG as well. And so I think that was maybe some of the impetus for them being like, let's go old school. It's just always so much cooler. I think we'll always. never see this again. We'll never see anything like this in oh, Hollywood no. again. I mean, you don't get this style mm-hmm. of horror movie either. Like, uh, you get it on like WB you know, uh, television shows where they're kind of like going for like a Twilight vibe. You'll occasionally so get this old, sort of- old, Jack. It's not even called WB anymore. It's called CW. Oh. WB's not even real. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. God Just damn. a little I don't, man. Embarrassing. Fucking embarrassing, dude. <laughs> yeah, really. I try and keep him young. I try. Fucking chuggy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ke- Andrew Kevin Walker I think ended up walking off this movie I've heard an interview with him <laughs> don't nobody do it nobody do it 
<laughs> he walked as soon as Walken was As soon as Walken got on. <laughs> and Walken was supposed to be a part of Superman Lives too, so I think that was kind of burden being like, hey, sorry that fell apart. Come on over. Come on, just scream Come on, on over and do this. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> I can't yeah. wait till we get into him because he is the true star yeah, for me. Should- He's Hessian. Maybe he doesn't speak English and screams. <laughs> Yeah, fucking do it. Yeah. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back to talk more about Sleepy Hollow. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome. Holy shit. Can you hear me? It's like a fucking Jerry Lewis movie over here. <laughs> I've been with the phone and the notes. <laughs> Lady. Welcome back to Cinema Possessed. We are talking Sleepy Hollow. Uh, I love the way this movie opens because it starts with music running over the Paramount logo. When Justin and I write scripts, we will oftentimes write like cool ass music starts over the opening logos just because we love it whenever that happens and that you get the Danny Elfman score coming in right away as those stars are cresting the Paramount Mountain. It starts so promising. And the Mandalay Pictures logo. Does that Mandalay Pictures logo ever trick any of y'all? Like we're like I think I'm watching an animated movie about a tiger. Well (laughs) it starts live action in the forest and then the tiger comes Uh, out towards the screen. Does it ever trick you like the train coming towards the screen tricked all those people back in uh, 1901? Yeah. I hope that Just it'll me? happen. I never am tricked by it, but I always <laughs> hope that I'm going to get fucking eaten by a tiger in front of my family. I take a lot of pressure up. I did hear uh, that. I can't remember the guy. He does a ton of stuff, all the Mission Impossibles, and um, he does everything now. But the editor, Cruz, I think, likes him and works with him oh, a lot. Mm-hmm. He did the most recent um, Top Gun, Top uh-huh. Gun Maverick. And he said that when he was doing an assembly of it, he just put the uh, um, he put the uh, Bruckenheimer Simpson yeah. thing. Not because now there's just a Bruckenheimer one, but he did the original Bruckheimer right. Simpson. He's like, I just put it on there, and they fortunately liked it and just they left, left it, it in. Wow. Yeah, but he was, like, he was like, I was like, we can't fucking start this thing yeah. without the Bruckheimer Simpson lightning striking. That's one of the best. That was the one of the, that was the first bummer of the new Indiana Jones movie is that they didn't do the Paramount blend that they do with all the other Indiana. Oh, cause it's fucking Disney. Yeah, exactly. It's like they did it with a weird Lucasfilm logo or something. It's like already this thing is wrong. We're not at Paramount anymore. (laughs) Marion. Um, Mutt's dead. 
<laughs> Holy shit. The opening sequence, I think, is kind of cool. It's the death of uh, Van Garrett, played by Martin Landau. little reteaming of him from- uh, Bella Lugosi. Ed Wood. Mm-hmm. And he gets to play with a bunch of fun British actors in this movie. You can tell he's got like a lot of reverence for all these old dudes. And I think this entire sequence was shot on a stage. I think all the wooded- exteriors were stage stuff so cool i think the it only looks fucking awesome amazing yeah. i mean nowadays they'll do everything like in the volume and it looks like fucking shit i mm-hmm. we on the action boys podcast we'll get shit for like being too critical or being old for saying that stuff yeah dudes i don't know what to tell Proof you is I in mean, the play. No, totally <laughs> yeah. agree you can feel when it's a big old screen behind them yeah. and i can understand if you need to use it for things but it's way overused and it's it's always in lieu of actually like putting in any effort to build something. Yeah. And it's like stuff is more expensive than ever. Yeah. It's like we shot this all in a volume and it cost $809 million. <laughs> yeah. It's like, maybe go back outside again. I don't, yeah. What the fuck? What the fuck do, or are you saving? Like nobody likes it and it costs more somehow. It's spoiled, I think. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have like, you can control all the elements, I guess. Yeah. They need to be able to change it at all times. There's something to be said about, you know, because I, I do hear the critique sometimes by filmmakers that will that will completely embrace modern technology. And, um, you know, you've seen it even like like people that we love. Fincher. You know, He's uh, an embracer of modern technology. Yeah. And um, Scorsese, mm-hmm. you know, will try like Hugo in 3D on the cameras right. and then de-aging. the de-aging and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. That being said, I think that like there's certain... Um, there's certain aesthetics that you can use um, on stuff that's maybe dated that will add to the storytelling. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like having a t-shirt, like sometimes like having a t-shirt that's distressed makes it somehow look better. Right. Even though you could like, well, you could get that thing brand new out of the box, but for some mm-hmm. reason with this Van Halen concert t-shirt, <laughs> it just looks better distressed. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know how I can, I realize that there is a brand new version of it. Right. So that being said, like when they do stuff to make it look like film or they shoot in a certain aspect ratio or you shoot on a sound stage in a way that like, you know, you have your limitations. I feel like sometimes it can actually add to the storytelling that goes beyond just being like a nostalgia jerk off. Right. You know? Yeah. I felt like the green Knight did a good job of incorporating practical stuff. Yeah. I thought it did a great job because totally they use like actual map paintings yeah. and stuff. <sighs> So beautiful. Which which was like a difficult thing because there are not like matte paint artists anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like a dying, dying art. Yeah. It's a totally dying art. And so they had to like pull somebody who had never done it before, who was just like trying and they killed it. It looks awesome. I think it's actually David Lowry's brother who did the Batman. Were there not? Was that not in Barbie too? Yeah. I, I was going to say Barbie is a, is a recent example of a movie that I think is doing what you're saying where it's, it's incorporating old school techniques of pulling off that sort of artificiality, but not using the volume, not using a green screen, but actually doing it in the Building, way that- Building, yeah. Similar to what Tim Burton does in this movie, and you feel it, and it actually does make a pretty significant impact on what you think looks cool. Because they could have, all those sequences of Barbie and Ken, like traveling into the, the real world through like space and on the boat and stuff, mm-hmm. they could have done that all on a green screen. And it maybe you could say it looks the same, but it wouldn't. No, and it, it, it looks kind of yeah. special because they did it practically with like layers of false trees and things like that. I, it's so interesting that it had to be because it, that movie was so stylized. Like that was the only way that that would, I like it when they do it to add verisimilitude yeah. to where it's like, they'll mix all this stuff mm-hmm. to 
achieve what looks somehow real in a weird yeah, way. Yeah. I think this movie actually does a pretty good job of it. I agree. This, this doesn't feel like Alice in Wonderland or even Sweeney Todd, which no. I think those movies look too much like cartoons. This is like taking that Tim or like Burton- Sweeney odd. Exactly. Like how much like a cartoon it fucking looks like. <laughs> to me, when I watch these sequences that take place in the what, woods, what I would have thought it was. Uh, Sweeney odd joke on a scale of one to 10. A 10? <laughs> <laughs> 10 or, dad joke yeah. for sure. That's a 10 dad dude. joke? Yeah. What like for like a like Gen Z? Three? Mm, or a one? I think a one. A one. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I don't even think but they understood it was a joke. Is that kind of cool though? <laughs> they is just it, immediately started IMD being Sweeney odd to see what you were talking about. So that's kind of cool though. It's like wearing like. We're circling back. It's climbing up the yeah. charts mm-hmm. now. It's climbing. It's like wearing <laughs> jeans that look like shit. Like it's mm-hmm. like, where's your irony meter? There I you guess. go. Uh, we get to meet Ichabod Crane, played by Johnny Depp. He's a constable in New York, New York, solving murders. His whole thing is that he's like rational, logical, uses science. Thank God they show his backstory. <laughs> yeah. I do kind of like these New York sequences. I think they're funny where we get to see like- These are great. When he's in court and there's that guy in like a little torture device standing behind him who's on trial for it. He's like trapped in an Iron Maiden, basically. And we're not heathens and then they like fucking, you yeah. know. What did he do? Uh, we arrested him for burglary. Yeah, like, exactly. They throw him <laughs> into a pit. I like all these scenes. And Christopher Lee plays the judge, mm-hmm. Dracula. Stand down! I stand up. For sense and justice, our jails overflow with men and women convicted on confessions worth no more than this one. Constable Crane, this is a song that we have heard from you more than once. Why am I the only one who sees that to solve crimes, to detect the guilty, we must use our brains to recognize vital clues using up-to-date scientific techniques? Which brings me to the second course. There is a town upstate two days journey to the north in the Hudson Highlands. It is a place called Sleepy Hollow. Have you heard of it? I have not. An isolated farming community, mainly Dutch. Three persons have been murdered there all within a fortnight. Each one found with the head lopped off. Lopped off? Clean as dandelion heads, apparently. I, it's it's also like Justin was talking about earlier, promising and how it starts. And yeah. I also do like how they set up Crane to where they're like, we just got to get fucking rid of this guy. Mm-hmm. Go off to Sleepy Hollow and yeah. get the fuck out of here so we don't have to deal with you. Which they kind of don't ever really, nobody's ever really that bothered by it. Depp originally wanted to do the big ears, the big nose, the long fingers. He wanted to wear prosthetics for Thank this role. God, I'm actually more that. curious because I find this depiction of him kind of boring. So I I would be interested to see if he was able to kind of go full blown weird on it. I would have loved it. Go for it. Anything's more interesting than what he sucks. Anything's more interesting than what he chose to do. Stanger's a huge Sleepy Hollow fan. <laughs> <laughs> he says. Uh, and as he's riding to Sleepy Hollow, we get our good credit sequence more good music did you notice Justin you've pointed out before that sometimes the uh, the composer will get a little special sting mm-hmm. in that credits oh, and he gives himself Elfman one. gets the sting of the credits for sure have y'all seen uh, Danny Elfman lately have you seen what he looks like lately the redhead mm-hmm. well, yeah. have you seen his body but his, like he's ripped He's ripped. He's shredded and he's got tattoos all over him. Wow. I got to yeah. pull up a picture. He now for you performs to see it. live shirtless. Cape Fear. 
Yeah, it was like a post-pandemic kind of thing. It's like he came out of the pandemic looking like Max Cady. And he plays all of his shows shirtless now, like rock and roll style. That's cool. He looks cool, I yeah. gotta say. Like it it's oh yeah, it's shocking. <laughs> yeah, we're seeing it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Please, everybody Google immediately because it was the most shocking thing I'd ever yeah. seen when I first saw it. And he's got like long hair now, too. He kind of has carrot top. This is what he looks like on now. stage a lot. And it's like, look at that. He looks yeah, like he looks a wrestler. Like, <laughs> looks like fucking Danzig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Full transformation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Coppola is in the credits. Coppola is credited as a producer on this movie. American Zotrope did the movie. And according to Tim Burton, he had no clue until he first saw the uh, when they first laid in the credits over the movie, that was when it was revealed to him that Coppola had any involvement in this movie. Was too busy fucking drinking his wine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he just provided Eating wine. Broccoli, Rob. Uh, the town of Sleepy Hollow looks fucking awesome. Built in England. Production designer for this was Rick Heinrichs. The movie almost kind of looks black and white, but it's not. I think it's a really well done color process. It's called a CCE process, which is color contrast enhancement. Kind of like a bleach bypass. It's a silver retention process, but it's what they used in seven. Corey, you're kind of a CCB, aren't you? Mm, I never took that B. (laughs) (laughs) I said kind of. Take it back. Take it back. Uh, And that's the, if you notice too, the blood in this movie, like kind of has like an orangish tinge to it. And that's because the CCE process makes reds turn black. So they have to add orange into the blood to get it to pop. Cool. But I think it gives this really cool, like, hammer horror look to it i i love the way it looks Mm. i mean that that's why it's worth talking about it's candy i mean it's one of those things you want to step through the screen into Mm -hmm. this into sleepy hollow poke around there like a fucking immersive theater experience (laughs) step into the cleavage step into the oh the cleavage well we do step into the cleavage in the next scene we get this party scene where we get to meet uh katrina von tassel played by christina ricci and from what i heard the original kevin yeager andrew uh kevin walker script didn't even have a romance in it which probably was a better move but they made them put all the Katrina Van Tassel stuff into it like the studio did. So I wonder if they didn't even have Brahm shit in there either in the original one and all this stuff is just kind of like shoehorned in as he an He feels like such a throwaway character. Yeah, he's a complete afterthought. I love the sequence that we end up getting where he does what's in the cartoon where mm-hmm. he tricks him and he throws the pumpkin on his head and stuff. That was pretty cool. Um, I love this cast of characters here. We got Michael Gambon as a... Uh, he's fucking amazing in this. He's amazing in everything. He, he, oh, in everything for sure, but he definitely breathes a lot of life for into sure, this movie. Yeah. Have you seen um, The Cook, The Thief, His Wife and Her Lover? No. He plays the bad guy in that, and he is like the most despicable character you'll ever see, and he's amazing. It's amazing. It's a great movie. We got Richard Griffith in there. We got our boy Jeffrey Jones, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, who has a pretty amazing wig. All the wigs are pretty amazing in here. Um, Those are wigs? Oh, shit. (laughs) Michael Goff, Alfred, for, Mm -hmm. you know, returning uh, Burton guy. He's got a great wig as well. And I love his line delivery of the uh, taken by the headless horseman. Seeing is believing. (laughs) I feel like this this whole scene to me is filled with such corny lines. But they're making it work. Their heads weren't found beheaded. Their heads weren't found at all. And Johnny Depp's just giving his like, oh. So corny. We get a good flashback where we get to reveal that the headless horseman. Don't forget Senator Palpatine. Oh, yeah. What's his name? Ian McDermid. 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 I think is maybe how you pronounce it. Do you know how to say it, Stanger? 
Uh, I think it's your favorite movie. Hollow Scholar. I think the D at the end is silent. Ian McJango. McDear me. Um, flashbacks are awesome. This was the thing that like hooked me with it. The first time I saw this movie, I was like, this movie fucking rocks. Ah, was when this flashback happened. Why? (laughs) Yeah, it's great. He has no lines. He just hisses with his little shark He's the only character that really got me excited. Christopher Walken. He's awesome in it. I like that he doesn't have a name. They just call him the Hessian. Even in the the short stories, he have a name? No, but they, they have a little more backstory that he was a a Hessian soldier that got decapitated by during the civil cannon. war by a cannonball. Yeah. Oh, by a cannonball. Yeah. And that they, he was buried in this Dutch town, you know, this in sleepy hollow in mm-hmm. an unmarked grave. Was he still like a, a hired mercenary? No. Sent to like, I, so I do like that addition to it, that he's like kind of sent in to strike. Yeah. Fear. It's like an unknown battle, you yeah. know, during the, the civil war. I like all the like effects that they do in this. It feels kind of like, um, Coppola's Dracula to me, like the way, they yeah layer in like the soldiers. It like kind of looks fake, but in a cool way. And I think because it's a flashback, it kind of gets away with all that kind of stuff too. Mm-hmm. Christopher Walken does not like horses. He could not ride a horse. He's a city boy. So they had to um, utilize this old ass robot, this mechanical horse that was built for an Elizabeth <laughs> Taylor movie called National Velvet. Great. Uh, that made him look like he was riding. They just reskinned it. Gave it moving eyes and like had little like puffs of smoke come out of its nose. I love stuff like uh, see that's fucking cool. Yeah, and it's very convincing looking, but he never once got on an actual horse because he was like, "I'm not doing it." He's like, "I've done horse stuff before, and they don't like me. I don't like them." Wow. And they were like, "But you're the headless horseman." <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, I took the pot. Don't like the horses." Do you guys like the sound of um, horses crunching on carrots, eating them? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I like to watch the raw audio of Mr. Ed. <laughs> just to hear those carrots fetish? crunch. Is that something? I don't know. I just like I it's, mm. I like the sound of it. <laughs> I can't say I've ever fed one a carrot or seen you one. You ever fed a, a horse a carrot? Not a carrot, no. Yeah, we had at Drew's wedding. I got really drunk. Our friends got married I think on the farm. Fed them cake? No, 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 no. It was <laughs> apples and carrots. And I got really drunk and I just kept going over and like people couldn't find me and I was just feeding the horse carrots. That's who I hung out with. We should get a wedding. horse on the pod. Honestly, with the mic up. They're magical. They chopped off his head with his own sword. Now the Hessian wants his revenge, chopping off heads wherever he can find them. Depp believes that there's an actual person killing people. He doesn't believe in this headless horseman shit. They give him a horse named Gunpowder. Fun story about this horse. This horse had only one eye. His name was Goldeneye. He farted all the time. <laughs> And uh, he was set to be euthanized after the production. And when Johnny Depp heard about that, he adopted him. Oh, sweet. I heard a story Bob Saget was telling about America's Funniest Home Videos and the stuff that they couldn't use. You know, and he's like, there's so much stuff that gets sent in that we couldn't use. I remember like I would watch that show all the time and think like, I wish something crazy happened in my family so we could get on the show. Um, like, and you'd try to think as a kid, like you could stage oh, something. And, yeah. Pants falling down or some shit. Mm-hmm. But I just remember he was like maybe on Arsenio or something. And he said, uh, we have a video of a horse farting for like 15 seconds straight that they won't and he's like we got to put this on there <laughs> but they're like abc wouldn't let him do it but he's like it's literally it's like 20 seconds or something crazy yeah. and he's like it doesn't sound like a lot when i'm telling you but when you watch it right completely uninterrupted farting <laughs> it's the funniest and then they put the horse down at the end of the video 
Yeah. The horse dies. It's funny that you just like have they this. They put a cork in its ass and then <laughs> shoot it. The memories of like these little offhanded stories that people tell on like talk shows. On panel. That yeah. get burned into your brain. Oh, yeah. Like forever. But the, the one that's burned into my brain is Andy Dick went on David Letterman one time. And he was talking about a music festival that he went to. He was like, there are all these great bands there. Smashing Pumpkins, Collective Soul. David Letterman went, corn? And Andy Dick goes, yeah, I ate some corn. <laughs> and I just thought it was the funniest thing ever, and it's always been burned into my brain. <laughs> Are you hungry? <laughs> so some people get killed. There's like some kind of like throwaway death scenes in there, but I think the the interesting thing is when he learns that there's uh, – five bodies and four graves and he pulls out this woman he finds out that she was with child and he sees it has like a there's a slice in her stomach and we it reveals that the fucking headless horseman decapitated an unborn child it's cool and interesting but so not important it's not important but it's like to me it's a little taste of like if there were just more interesting things like that and if they kind of followed it a little bit what is the fix like what is it just like him investigating this and thinking it's a serial killer and then just him, Well, it's, it's, but less kind of like politics of the small town, you know? Yeah, I mean, the the movie kind of wants to be like an Agatha Christie thing where he's- yeah. That's what I wish it was it's never really of, committing yeah. to that because you don't really get to spend that much time with I a lot like of these characters. I feel like this movie is so much more interesting talking about because it's like you hear that, like, oh, the serial killer cut open this woman's like, oh, that sounds really interesting. Right. But then when you see it, it's just all done so boring. It like wants to be a procedural, but it's not really going hard yeah. into like- Yeah, I think Burton is making a mockery of the procedural procedural elements like he would he's more interested in how can i make a laugh than how can i make where it's like procedurals work for a reason we would like it yeah well and doing a a good agatha christie is fucking hard it's hard yeah Yeah. Yeah. i mean even her hit right but but i think it's like the he and i think that's andrew kevin walker's thing he likes like did you ever see the wolfman with Benicio del Toro. Oh yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah. Where it's like it's it why, wants like, to be like a, this fucking mystery a murder <laughs> mystery like who done it thing, and it's like this is the uh-huh. fucking Wolfman. I believe that the character should be smart. So then when Tim Burton has him going into the woods and he's investigating a decapitation and pouring powder on the floor and just saying the obvious that Ugh, everyone can yes. see just because it's Sucks. funny and it gets a laugh. Um, that's funny. a missed opportunity. Rewrite that scene to mm-hmm. actually being be awesome. meaningful. Yeah. yeah, where we see him shine, where we see him do the thing that he he came to this town to do. Yeah, because he's not smart at yeah. all. Make him actually. make him scared, but make him smart. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. He has dreams of his mom. Interesting thing about his mom. Do you recognize her? It's Tim Burton's ex, right? Yes, that Lisa Marie put in everything for a while, but then they had like a really nasty separation where he, I basically, he basically left her uh, like on a whim, I think, for Helena Bonham Carter. Yes, from, uh, they met on Planet of the Apes, mm-hmm. right? What a and I think he had done that to <gasps> Justin because Lisa Marie looks great in this yeah. movie. Um, <laughs> and yeah, she she played the she's the alien in Mars Attack. So you know when the the Martians create a woman yeah. and she's like chewing gum and walking mm-hmm. around. That's her. Yeah, she's um she plays not Elvira but um mm-hmm. in Edward uh, uh, Vampirella Vamp- Vampira Vampira Vampira. Yeah. They never got married. They got engaged. They were engaged for ten years. Never married. And so when he left her, he didn't want to give her anything. Uh, but she wanted um palimony. 
And so she had to take him to court for it. And ultimately, alimony. I guess it's alimony that you can maybe get if you're the pal. (laughs) Yeah, if you're not officially married. Mm. Um, And she was only able to get two million, which for 10 years, you know, of of that guy's life, you know, she wanted to be taken care of for the rest of her life. And basically she got two mil. She got done dirty. But she got a lot of good little parts. Yeah. (laughs) It's worth something. (laughs) She looks hot in this movie. Yeah, she looks fantastic in this movie. I find all these flat. I mean, creepy. I, they're creepy. They are it's creepy. Like, what, it, why is I did Tim not, Burton? I know. Why did not get them at all? Why? I was like, what is it? It's like he was just like hot for yeah, his mom. There, there is a backstory here that is not really coming through. It just it's feels like, like he's a horny for well, his mom. But she was murdered by somebody. That doesn't by change her, the fact. Her husband. Yes. Yes. And was that his dad? His, his dad. dad. Yeah. Yeah, and, and for religious reasons, mm-hmm. and he also at one point puts his hand on like an Iron Maiden and spikes himself, yeah. and then he's got those. My mother of- was a child of nature. Like, what does that mean? Yeah, what is a child I don't of know. nature. It means well, that she, she, she was she, not. She was not Christian. Yeah, it's the mm-hmm. battle between science and religion and superstition yeah. and and nature or whatever. And she gives him this little uh, optical illusion, cardinal flippy dippy thing that to him represents. The idea that like the truth is not always as it seems. It's 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 this weird kind of about face because a, a major crux in, uh, but I guess I I guess for what they're trying to do in this movie, but in the Washington Irving mm-hmm. Legend of Sleepy Hollow, he's very suggestible because he's superstitious, mm-hmm. and you even see it in the cartoon like yeah. Yeah. Brom, Brom pays attention to him like oh that's why he gets the idea that's he why spills he spills the salt yeah. yeah and so that's why he's able to be tricked. Um, so much better character set up in yeah. the fucking cartoon. It is, and it's just like, why completely abandon that stuff? But I guess because they make the choice to just straight up make it be super, like it, it is a monster in this. Yeah. So it's yeah. just like. But you, I feel like you could still do that. You know what I mean? It would have like, been a better like twist if like we think he's figured out the murder and then it's like, no, it's a monster. Yeah. Well, I think that the interesting question is how does science prevail in the face of something overwhelmingly terrifying. And so him using his science in a normal crime setting without a supernatural element is like one challenge, right? In an in an age where people are rejecting this or calling it heretical. So how does that, it's an interesting premise to be like, let's add another onion yeah. layer of a real ghost mm-hmm. and maintain your composure and your science and all of that within that environment but the movie just doesn't deliver yeah but you know what does deliver richard griffith's death scene oh i thought you were gonna say dominoes <laughs> that would have been awesome <laughs> that was a fucking solid six and a half right there but what doesn't also deliver is the that's true now that's an eight <laughs> you gotta go pick that one up yourself you climbing you are Dude. climbing today my you friend lost your head man <laughs> oh i got it i got it now uh richard griffith is leaving town later, i love this because later bro this is also all on a stage but they got fucking sheep on this stage they got horses running around on this like and it's all painted backdrop with um forced perspective love it looks incredible and honestly wouldn't really even ever know. You would just be like, damn, this looks awesome. Doesn't look like a stage. It looks awesome, but also makes you feel, you're just like, ooh. Yeah, ooh, yeah you is, get the chill of the wind. I like yeah. it. I yeah. like it. If, um, Legend does a lot of this for me too. Yeah. The movie, the Ridley Scott mm-hmm. Legend. Well, and one we've talked about recently or previously was Labyrinth. Labyrinth also has Ugh. 
The best. Incredible vibes. I love the little scarecrow here too. This whole sequence, oh, yeah, I think, I like is, that scarecrow, is a cool little like the the horseman comes out, it spins the scarecrow, it passes Johnny Depp, it swipes Richard Griffith's head, and it spins on his fucking shoulders, which looks amazing. All practical. Do scarecrows work? I, I literally just was having this conversation. We're thinking about getting one because they we must. have birds that come out and fucking paint our chairs white with their shit, and I want to get them off. <laughs> Do you have that problem at your place? Do you have birds shitting all over your patio furniture all no, the time? No, but we our dog is fucking... Shitting on the patio furniture. Yeah. Oh, I see. No, Scaring she, the birds away. She is, And she's gotten a crow before and <gasps> gotten crow? killed Damn. like three or four squirrels. I've heard about the squirrels on Action Boys. Yeah. Got a Sounds crow. Sad. I was able to rescue the crow, but... Oh, really? You were able to save it? Yeah, but she Mouth had- Mouth to mouth? Yeah. I had a little, like, small little bird defibrillator, like two uh. little paddles. Clear. <laughs> brought it back. Uh, no, like, she had it down and injured, but I was able to get it away from her. Damn. And I had to put it, like, in a trash can, because it's fucking, you know, it's a big old fucking crow, and then move it- <laughs> to put it in trash Well, because to transport it, like, I, because yeah. it couldn't fly away from her, and she was like- had it you know kind of backed up against a fence and so i got it i got her in the house i got the fucking injured crow in a trash can and then i was able to put it in the wash behind my house and then i called you know like the you know bird you know like the animal wildlife thing and they were able to come and get it and take care of it i've heard that that uh, crows are like extremely loyal and you can actually teach them stuff i heard that too on uh shawshank oh yeah he's always hoping that jake will come visit but Mm -hmm. he never does you should try brooks was here i I heard once they're loyal to you they'll bring you shiny things because it's yeah but the crows aren't gonna be loyal to him they're gonna come fucking haunt his ass maybe the dog you saved it (laughs) oh that's true it knows the difference (laughs) somebody was telling us that there's one person who like wanted crows to attack like jimmy carter or something and they put a jimmy (laughs) carter mask on themselves and ran after a bunch of crows to try to like teach them to attack jimmy carter (laughs) because that's how well you can like train them just backyard training um yeah his head spins around it goes rolling down the hill it's funny because it rolls in between johnny depp's legs the horseman comes and sticks its little sword in it pulls it off rides away and of course johnny depp faints but this sequence is awesome and the behind the scenes was really cool it's fun i like the little magnetic uh dummies that they made Mm -hmm. to like make them they can make them fall at any point in time Mm -hmm. the spin was real what i love about these heads a lot of times when somebody makes a prosthetic head for a movie you got to kind of shoot around it because they'll look fake they'll look waxy Mm -hmm. i love that they're just getting full-blown close-ups of these prosthetic heads and they look amazing i watch like uh the extras too and then even when they like flash to one in kind of studio i was like Shit, is that the real? Yeah. I thought it was real. And they did a, they yeah. did a smart thing where they took multiple casts. They would take a cast of the head of the person like in the moment of getting killed, like doing like a uh, face, but then they would take another cast where they're sort of like in their dead face so that they could use different heads for different times and you would, you know, it would seem like the expression was changing as it was falling and stuff. I've had a cast made of my face. For, right. for 911 mm-hmm. and it was I had to not it was hard to not have a panic attack while it was happening because yeah. you can't move at all and they just put like little straws in your nose yeah. to breathe and you have to like kind of like when you got your MRI like you kind of just have to like fucking zen out but it's really cool did you ever get a life cast never got no I mean I've done but everything I've done is always cheap <laughs> <laughs> just like in the chair work on the day basically. on the day yeah. yeah so they're just trying to make whatever prefab prosthetics they mm. have kind of work i've definitely done a lot of prosthetic stuff we'll yeah. decapitate you one day yeah we'll get I'd, your head made i'll be yeah. honored the, the place it. that that made my cast is was one in 
like Burbank and it was the coolest place I'd ever been because you like go in and they take like a thousand pictures of your face like surrounding you and then like build it and they do like all of the prosthetics for all the big movies and stuff and it was just like all these like people and they're just like painting these wild looking prosthetics mm-hmm. of people's faces and they were like hanging up all on, on the walls going into an effects shop is like there's nothing it's so exciting you're like oh my god just like, to see their movies shelves. are magic i did a promo for ash versus yeah the evil, evil. yeah and it was with barbara <laughs> crampton and um uh bruce campbell bruce campbell and like I got decapitated in that. I don't remember how they did or Whoa, what they did with cool. my head. They may have just done like they just had a dummy head and that or they like used mine, like a uh, picture of mine yeah. and spun it. I, can't, I can't even yeah. fucking remember. Yeah. <laughs> we were supposed to direct that, but we were in post we on did, yeah. Stan and yeah. we stupidly turned it down. We're like, we got to be good boys and stay for our post days. But like in hindsight, we're like, we, we should have just taken I know a day you guys could have direct uh, this. But I've seen that Bowser did that. It's he killed yeah. it. It's awesome. Yeah. It looked like a very fun thing we to do. We were supposed to direct that. <laughs> I don't care if it was good. <laughs> it was fun and it was cool working with those guys. Yeah. How was Bruce? Prickly but cool. Yeah. Prickly? Like a, yeah, He's got but a prickly good stories. Personality, yeah. Uh good stories and like a total fucking pro. I mean like he did but he's just real particular about like um blood and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. because he was you know i mean he's been covered in blood so many times so he's like this is how this has to go well and on a lot of those early evil dead movies he was doing it like he was also in charge of the special effects on a lot of it too yeah so it's like he he knows what he's talking about crampton seems like the nicest person oh too. yeah i've worked with her a bunch you know yeah. you know a movie is good when we're talking about anything else <laughs> that we, can, we possibly can except the movie <laughs> this um the witch scene in the woods i remember the first time i saw it i thought it was scary i don't think it's scary at all not no at all. he's trying to 99 i thought it was scary off from peewee's play big adventure i, I kind of like that though the large marge yeah nod it's but it just reminds you of like thing, how but. much better the large marge yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah and he kind of does it twice too there's a second one where at the end of the movie when uh christopher walken transforms back into himself there's like a little split there's second a little yeah. Large marge. <laughs> yeah. but i think that looks cool that one looks cool to me. The large march thing with the witch is like fine, but it's like too VFXy. There's like other VFX in this movie that I don't mind. There's like little bits of VFX blending mm-hmm. in blood that like don't look bad to me. This, the VFX I don't like is the tree opening up and the horse jumping into the tree. Really? Yeah. I thought the tr- horse jumping out of the tree looked pretty good. Out of the tree, not as bad, but whenever the tree has to like fold back to open up. Yeah, it kind of uh, like gets a little... Yeah, for, for especially in a movie that's so practical yeah. effect heavy i was just like whoa weird spaghetti cartoon yeah thing. let's so then they go to this tree and i like the idea of this tree i like the concept that it's a portal to hell and mm-hmm. that it's a tree that bleeds and the reveal that it's filled with heads awesome i wish there was like more done with it i wish it was like the central conceit of the movie or something like it, it for whatever yeah, reason I it feels they, like they're not utilizing it well. yeah and in their their avoidance of the monster and more about like Who's running this monster in town? Yes. It's like, who gives who a cares? fuck? Yeah, the monster Tell us about the, the monster and the portal to hell and the, yeah. the tree filled with heads. But the sequence is cool. He starts no, chopping no, no, at no, it no. and blood comes out. The, blood, a, the bleeding ledger. tree part is cool, but yeah. yeah. I, I just love all the little insert shot. When the horse is about to come out, there's like these... Th- 
three or four insert shots where you see the head sort of spread away and a, like a horse's leg pierce through. And then you see another one where the head spread away and like its snout comes through. Those are the kind of things that's like, I want to rewind and just watch those little two second shots. I agreed. What's a better um, tree? This one, mm-hmm. Portal to Hell, Horseman Tree, <laughs> mm-hmm. or, or The Giving Tree. Mm. Or Poltergeist. We'll throw that one in there. There's too. also the the Friedkin movie, um, the, the Guardian. The Guardian. That's also another. She's kind of a tree herself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what other tree things are there? I, mean, I think I'm going to go. Evil Dead has two has a tree. Yeah, that's oh, true. Yeah. The tree that comes in at the end. Mm-hmm. And the Prob- tree in the original Evil Dead. Isn't that what rapes are? Oh, well, that's more like twigs, woods. woods. But trees attached. Well, what the fuck are the woods? But a bunch of trees. There's a tree that's working as a brain there, I'm sure. Uh, I'm going to say giving tree. Giving tree. It's the most Jesus of them all. It's got a good message. The giving tree is like just all about guilt, though. It's like guilting the fuck out of you. Yeah. You take it. And then you kill it. (laughs) Then you get a seat. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> sit your fucking fat ass on my stump um, I fucking gave you everything now I gotta fucking house your fucking fat fucking ass I'm- I think this is this next sequence is the best sequence of the movie it's a sequence where the horseman basically slaughters an entire family this is yeah. a cool ass sequence to me do you recognize this guy do, uh, do you do you recognize him he looked familiar but I didn't reckon like I did, can't say I know him I recognize him because I was a huge fan of Last of the Mohicans. Oh, he's yeah. Duncan, the guy they burn. Yes, and then, uh, then Daniel Day Lewis shoots, shoots him. him out yeah. of mercy. Yeah, wow. I love that sequence. They're both kind of vying for uh, mm-hmm. Mary. What's her name? Yeah, forget her name. I love the actor. Mm-hmm. I can't think of what her name is. Ray Park was the stuntman who did all this uh, headless horseman effect. He also was Darth Maul. You might recognize. Him. Yeah, he's also Toad in the X Men movie. I don't like. I don't like how swooshy the sword is. It's too much. Like sound. the sound design? The sound design of <laughs> yeah. it. It's just like, we got to make this an action movie. Yeah. Yeah. It borders a little bit on like too much Kung Fu coming out of him, but it doesn't push it over the edge for me it, because he's like pretty brutal too. Like I like that he quickly will just cut their heads off. And yeah. Stuff. Um, but I love like the little kid hiding under the floorboards and then he comes then in fucking killing the kid. Yeah. And that little like spinning, the uh, like shadow thing that's like making all the designs on the walls feels very Burton. What's a better floorboard movie? <laughs> Sleepy hollow mm-hmm. Inglorious bastards mm-hmm. or home alone. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> all great floorboard. Movies. Yeah. A lot of good floorboards going I'll on. I'll even there. throw in a uh, Christmas vacation. Is there floorboard stuff in that? Stuff in the attic where he's stepping. Yeah, he on falls the boards. through. Yeah. Or he's stepping and they're hitting him in the face. Mm-hmm. I love those That's gags. Good. Those are my favorite. <laughs> there was a shot in uh, Encino Man where uh, Brendan Fraser steps on a rake and it flies up and hits him in the face. And I remember as a kid thinking, like, how does that work? And I saw a rake sitting there and I just literally put full body, stepped on it and it worked perfectly. It smacked me so hard in the fucking face, immediately ran home crying. Oh, I love that. That was your Newton moment. I was like, like how you works. discovered gravity. Yeah. <laughs> Physics are real. <laughs> but the cool, I would say this one wins because this has the thing where the kids waiting under the floorboard, you hear the mother's head get chopped off and then her head rolls and her eyes land peering through the floorboards Ooh, at her. I liked it. And then you see him go away as he skewers her head because he's yeah. collecting them for his fucking tree. 
<laughs> yeah, he stabs it, it like a fucking uh, olive or something. Mm-hmm. How did you like the fight scene with Casper Van Dien that follows this? I mean, I don't remember much about it. Yeah. Yeah. You I know? remember him getting cut in half. You I know, like Van Dien was already dead at this point. No, movie. this is... He decides to try to kill him here, and the horseman isn't after him, so Johnny Depp's trying to like... This is where he's able to deduce that he's not he's just... He's not after you. Yeah. Uh, apparently, Casper Van Dien got his finger broken in this scene. Uh, the guy who was Ray Park hit his finger with the sword, broke it instantly. He said it immediately turned black. He set it back into place and didn't tell anybody because he was so afraid of getting fired off. That's the movie. badass. <laughs> That's badass. That's he was like, my part, I didn't want my part to get cut in half like my character. There is a part in the commentary too, to where when uh, Brom sees, or like he's on his horse and he's looking down over the town and he hears screaming and then rides into it. And like, Burton talks about like we made such a big deal to go out at night, shoot that on location outside, and it's the fakest looking part of the movie. It looks like <laughs> yeah. a fucking you know, looks like it's you know on a stage and a screen. And he's like, that's the one thing they were like made a big deal of to like special go do outside. that so that like you can really get the perspective of the town and feel it. And, and and like he does, it's it doesn't really read all the work that went into it doesn't really read. Yeah. It's kind of funny. It's kind of like with the new Mission Impossible movie, we like that big stunt that he does where he flies up and jumps on the train with the motorcycle. When you actually see it in the movie, it's just covered with all this CG grass that I'm just like, this just ruins the whole shot. I'd rather just watch the behind the scenes making of that I've seen a thousand times before. Yeah, it's weird. It's like it looks like the um like the lion's leap and fucking last crusade. <laughs> <laughs> like, I thought you were going to say like the bridge to Terabithia to me. It like looks super uh, like t- uh, Peter Jackson, Lord of the Rings to me. Hey, Oh, some good trees in that. Mm-hmm. The little oh, that's tree true. people that like mm-hmm. the ants. Yeah. Um, Ichabod starts Nerd. putting the pieces together. This is when the movie gets super boring. So we'll just skip past anything. Yeah, please. please. He starts please. putting the pieces together. There's some fake romance stuff that doesn't, I like well. the bewitched you line. I feel like they somehow make all that work. Mm. It was it's just burned into me from the commercial. Line, you but might like, have a little witch in you. Why? You we, because you bewitched me. <laughs> yeah, and then there's like a big music swell. I liked yeah. it. I, yeah. I, it got me. I was it like, I'm like, me. I'm a dumb audience. So I'm like, yeah, yeah that well, means it's you're the closest in love. thing <laughs> the movie is doing to actually getting a real romantic scene. The rest of the scenes are bullshit. Like the scene where she takes him to like her burned down old childhood it house. Didn't get that at nothing. All. It's yeah. just so yeah. that like they can put in the arch, <laughs> the yeah. most important part of the stupid plot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're the Archer family. Remember your little thing that you had in your fireplace? Oh, yeah. Thank God they did that. You heard all the Red Cardinal stuff, too, right? In the commentary? Yeah. Yeah. The the weird bird. Like he, apparently, cardinals are a rare species in, in England. They yeah. They had one of them, supposedly. Yeah. They had only one in England. <laughs> so they had so to they, build a fake one. They painted a pigeon and it looked like shit. Yeah. It was like, then they did an animatronic. He's like, it looked so weird. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what I love about Tim Burton, where it's just like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, this fucking weird. We got to put that in there. Yeah. yeah. This is where I was definitely falling asleep. And oh, Jack it, kept like, it's where you, every. Buddy falls asleep. Whenever we talk about a movie, I always queue up Siskel and Ebert to try to see what they think. Mm-hmm. Well, Not only does I, I'm like because I want to rip a soundbite and like play yeah. it and just be like, let's hear what what Ebert had to say. And he always is opposite of me. He fucking loved this movie, and I think Siskel was dead at this point, so <laughs> he had he had somebody else on the show, and she was the only one 
speaking truth and saying like the movie starts off strong. And Did he ultimately was, give it a thumbs? Two thumbs up. Or well, he, he gave it a thumbs up and she gave it a thumbs down. Or, well, that's a question. If this movie, you know, if at the time, if you had to recommend this to, if somebody said, should I go see Sleepy Hollow? I think I would still say go see it. I would just give it with a caveat that it's going to be boring. Depends on who it is. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's totally true. Yeah. I think if you like movies, you should go see it. Somebody like really dumb. Yes. (laughs) One, two, but also like if it were you guys asking me, I I would say yes, because there's a lot to look at and there's stuff you'll appreciate. I mean, there is so much cool stuff that's happening in it. Yeah. It's just if there's somebody in kind of in the middle that has, you know, higher brow, sophisticated taste that isn't like just total film nerd, I'd say, yeah. I think for for non film nerds, it's it's a pass. It's like it's my girlfriend sat in and and my sorry, my fiance sat in and uh, watched it and just didn't get it. Like obviously recognized that it was beautiful mm-hmm. and yeah. all that, but it was like boring story. Yeah. I feel like there was, I mean, this made $200 million. I feel like there's dumb people that are like, fuck yeah. Dude. Yeah. yeah. And then just like, you know, went to like drink some Mountain Dew. And I feel like, bad. We yeah. keep calling them off. dumb people. No, but no, what no, if these dumb. people do just, like this? It, it feels the, those. A lot of people the, still do like this. The yeah. demographic of like high school kids, goth nerds, uh, hot topic, like all of that world. Constable freaks. I think constable <laughs> freaks, you know, like Iron Maiden fans, uh, not the band. Like but Jeffrey I do, Jones, I, aficionados, Jeffrey Jones fans <laughs> like this movie, and I don't blame them. I don't yeah. think it's just for dumb people. <laughs> um, I do think the movie is for a little bit for for kids, for a younger audience. But it's, I just feel like it's not exciting enough. Yeah. For kids. Although I will say, as a kid, I never had any issues with it. It wasn't really until I grew up that I was like, "This movie is dull." Yeah. But as a kid, I was like, "I'll put it on I, all the time." It was just something that, like, I was like fine but i never really i think i told you i have the dvd like i never watched it again yeah, yeah. jack never. told me you've seen it like 20 times <laughs> he says you put it on like clockwork every halloween you said this years. is your citizen king <laughs> i don't even know what that means miscommunication happened <laughs> it's like a freaking at the end of his career would only talk about citizen kane yeah i just That's love me with Sleepy all Hall. the movies we could be talking about oh i think this is a great one to talk about it's a spooky it's, season I think it's worth talking talking about for sure yeah i, I and like no, i enjoyed just, doing the revisit yeah, it's just it's just funny to me uh cool church sequence where the only thing worth talking about is that he kills the fucking guy with the spear through he, he like takes a fence post and throws it through kills his chest the fucking guy this it is, looks awesome this is pretty cool but like he's like trying to figure out like i can't go in this church but what can i do yeah he's yeah. like kind of marching around like fuck because yeah. he can't go on hollowed ground and then we get our big reveal lady von tassel i do think she's good I think the scene is dumb, but I think she's given me a little bit of Meryl Streep mixed with a little bit of Megan Mullally, and I kind of liked her. Did you think it was all a nasty dream? Father saw the horseman kill you. He saw the horseman come towards me with his sword unsheathed. But it is I who govern the horseman, my dear. And Baltus did not stay to watch. But there was a body. The servant girl? Sarah. And I always thought she was useless. But it seems she had a purpose after all. I hate all of this. I hate everything from here <laughs> until the end of the movie. Oh, you don't like the windmill set piece? It's fine, whatever. <laughs> it's actually kind of lame. The the cool fun fact about it is that actually was shot outside, but they put up a big old painted backdrop to make it look like it was on a stage. But it is actually outside. Love it. See, that's kind. Of, I love that kind of weird yeah. fucking movie. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> the windmill that they built was so big, it was like a four ton 
piece I, of it looked machinery. great it looked great we get to the chase which is yes. nice the chase is cool but you're already kind of like zonked out of the movie yeah. for it to be but if you go back and just watch the chase that's on its the own that's the scene i walked into that you were watching in the commentary and i was like i must have fallen asleep for this scene because this is rad it's pretty good and johnny depp very proudly did his own stunt yeah. when he was dragging getting dragged across the leaves he likes to talk about that a lot and it looks good. You, they get some close-ups. It's an impressive stunt to do yourself. And then it ends with the... The lesson is, though, don't talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So much. Exactly. Nobody likes that when you fucking... <laughs> I guess unless you're TC, you know? But he doesn't even talk about it in a show-off way. Yeah, no. he doesn't. It's very, like, matter-of-fact. Yeah, he doesn't it. have to talk about because it. Because you like can so just see it. It's, like, so plainly obvious. Yeah. yeah. He'll just fucking, you know... Thank you for coming to the movies, like on the wing of a plane. You're like, yeah. what the fuck? Holy shit. Um, and yeah, Christopher Walken returns for the final bit. He gets his skull back. I like the little transformation. I like seeing a skeleton head on a normal body, just kind of <laughs> like, I kind of like yeah. the way that looks. Just yeah. kind of like fucking moving around and shit. Ghost Rider-esque yeah. without all the shitty flames. Just let it sit there. Uh, then all the color comes back into the movie. We get like a nice little golden autumn and they um, Ichabod and Katrina and that little young Masbeth boy who we've talked nothing about. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. yeah. I yeah. forgot it's about his character completely. <laughs> ever that like doesn't pay off at all. <laughs> they go to New York and he says, ah, just in time for a new century. <laughs> She's dressed like Beetlejuice in her yeah. little like white and black striped dress. So relieved Fade at this to moment black. to run to bed. <laughs> yeah. Fade to black, yeah. the end. Eject disc. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a quick break and we'll talk final thoughts on Sleepy Hollow. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome back to Cinema Possessed. We were talking final thoughts on Tim Burton's 1999 masterpiece, <laughs> Sleepy Hollow. Staying around. What, what is your definition of masterpiece? <laughs> I've heard you say it a lot this episode. <laughs> hey, I'm basing it off of you, bud. You're the one who loves this movie so much. Uh, tell us your final thoughts on Sleepy Hollow. F- final thoughts. So there's so much to like about this that it's it's worth throwing on. It's even one of those. Like, even if you don't like this movie, like if you were having a Halloween party and you just wanted to put something on the background, like in a big screen mm-hmm. and just, you know, play music and have people talk. Perfect mm-hmm. movie. It's because per- it's so good to look at. I, a part of what's so beguiling is that there's so much other stuff that's great in it. I think it makes its limitations and flatness hit even harder. Yeah, it's true. Because yeah. you're just like, man, you really had opportunity. S- something here and you just it's makes me feel truly nothing. And that's another thing Burton says to where he takes the fantastical and completely unbelievable, but makes it feel, makes you 
feel something from it. Yeah. Um, and this doesn't deliver on that. And they keep talking about it being a fairy tale, which doesn't feel fairy tale mm-hmm. to me at all. Yeah, no. Folklore-ish, but not fairy tale. Yeah. Right. And I'm not even as critical of the cast um, as Depp and uh, of Depp and Ricci as you guys have mm-hmm. been. Like I, I feel like they kind of pull off what they need to pull off, and they're nice to look at. And um, you know, I I think they're kind of hampered by um, a script that wasn't all the way there. Right. But um, and also like if you have access to the commentary, that's pretty fun too because it is it is nice to hear. Burton talk about a movie he kind of doesn't care about. Yeah. He speaks pretty candidly about it. Um, You know, and sometimes if there's something that's a little more precious, you don't really get the full story on it. Mm -hmm. And so this one, you know, you get a little, uh, you get like a lot of peek behind the scenes and then him kind of being a very smart, you know, filmmaker and creator, Mm -hmm. um, you know, seeing what he's critical of the movie about, you have to read between the lines a little bit, but you can kind of hear it come through in there in an enjoyable way. Yeah. So, yeah. So that, that being said, I think that, yeah, there's, there's a little something for everybody, but it didn't make me feel anything. And there's a, um, an odd flatness to it that, that is a little depressing if you're a Tim Burton enthusiast. Sure. And it, I, I agree with you guys in that it is a demarcation into where he's, you know, maybe kind of rushing stuff out and doing, mm-hmm. you know, especially when he goes full Disney mode and he's doing like the Dumbo remake and all that kind of shit. And he just loses what's good about this movie and in, in his, in his other movies where he's not. Yeah. Even... So then there's almost nothing yeah. to take, you know, so yeah. I'm just going to piggyback on that. I think this movie is a worthwhile movie to watch in bits and pieces. You know, I think this is a great movie to watch on YouTube. Go watch the clips <laughs> on it. You're going to have a better experience than if you put the DVD in and watch it. I think if you're a filmmaker, um, it might be worth having this DVD because there is something inspiring about the filmmaking in it. And if you're like gearing up to go shoot a movie and if that movie maybe has anything to do with this kind of filmmaking, I could totally see this being something that will jazz you up just on like a technical level. And if you wanted to listen to that commentary, it might give you some ideas or some inspiration, but I think the movie itself just on that level would be something worth watching. And so as far as this DVD that I have, I'm going to hold on to it because I don't hate the film. I just find it exhausting and uh, I probably will never watch the full thing again unless I got the commentary running. You know, I'll probably at some point pop it on and listen to the commentary again. But um, yeah, as a movie, it's a, it's a underwhelming and a little bit disappointing uh, considering what it could be. Mm-hmm. Justin, how about you? Run away from this movie <laughs> as fast as you possibly can. <laughs> Uh, I'll start with some positive. Like it's the galloping headless Hessian from uh, mm-hmm. Sleepy Hollow. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, I think yes, this represents the end of an era for me with Tim Burton. I think it's his last fine Tim Burton movie. Everything gets significantly more challenging for me to watch after 1999. Um, I have to recognize that I did really love this movie at one point in time. I think I loved it when it came out and I continued to watch it over the years. Do you ever uh, have a toy? Do you ever have any of the toys? Never had any toys. They had no. some toys. I remember them. Never Action had any either. figures, mm-hmm. stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Dildos. Uh I don't have a problem with Johnny Depp's performance. I think he's... Deepy Swallows. All right, it's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> uh I don't have a problem with Johnny Depp's Performance. I think the headless horse cock. 
I don't know. You know what's coming. You know. Rating on that one, Corey? <laughs> Negative one. A fl- do you think they make Ichabod's a, crane? A Wait, flashlight. A flashlight that's just the headless horseman, and you, you <laughs> the flashlight part is the the neck. The neck. The neck. Yeah. Oh, circling back to the headless horse cock. Yeah. That's a a horse that has no head. But a and, but cock. a model but the, of its giant horse cock. Yeah, just without the head it? part on there. On the on the actual penis. The dildo, yeah. The dildo. Yeah. But the horse has a full head. The horse itself has a head, but the cock doesn't have a head. Okay. <laughs> it's just a shaft. <laughs> yeah, it's just the shaft okay. with a hard cut, you mm-hmm. know, a clean cut, right. almost like it's been cauterized with the devil's fire. <laughs> so go on, Justin. <laughs> Thank you, Corey. Um, Start from the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think... (laughs) Johnny Depp's performance? I think Johnny Depp delivers a fine performance. Uh, The movie sets up a really compelling premise that just does not deliver. And... um, (laughs) Tim Burton uh, does the Tim Burton thing that we all know and love, and I I think it's still kind of working here. But the sum of the parts does not equal any meaningful whole for me, and I I just I can't even imagine watching this movie again. This is exactly <laughs> the kind of thing that I'm trying to avoid at this stage of my life of just investing in uh, more meaningful movies. And and yeah, I mean I can say I just I don't like the movie, and I don't recognize mend the movie while also recognizing that it's a fun disc it's a fun collection of bonus features it's got an awesome 45 minute doc it's got full feature length director commentary um it's a jam-packed you know we're all we're talking about physical media it's Mm -hmm. a jam-packed disc um that's really fun fun rental back in the 90s but right Mm -hmm. now i just don't know if i can endorse it between the movie the cartoon and the uh, original short story what was the most satisfying between the three? I, I hear all of you on the cartoon, the merits of the cartoon. And I think, you know, the the Tim Burton movie is so messy to me that it does make the short and sweet 45 minute uh, Disney cartoon kind of sing. But I don't know. I just didn't really find much story to connect with in the Irving Washington source material. Um, I enjoyed reading it, but it's probably neither none, not a single piece of IP uh, in this world, will I revisit? So you blame Irving for all this mess? <laughs> no, because Tim Burton or the writers of the movie took it upon themselves to loosely, you know, adapt into a brand new, totally original movie. You know, has very little in common with the book and the Disney cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like that sequence where he rips off the toads. Uh, oh, yeah. who croak Ichabod's name. Ichabod. In the cartoon, though, don't they say Headless Horseman? No, they say Ichabod. They said Ichabod. Yeah. Oh, they did say Ichabod? There, there might be something that says Headless Horseman, but the bullfrogs are definitely saying Ichabod. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Because they're that. doing like it in their ribbits. But again, just highlighting the still, when you look at still, forget YouTube, when you look at stills from this movie, mm-hmm. it looks awesome. Like the stills are stunning. Without a doubt. Awesome looking movie. Yeah. And I, I miss the era when we used to make practical sets Corey, how about you yeah i mean i have fallen asleep every time jack has tried to show me this movie which makes me feel bad but it it just is what it is i think 
that I liked the cartoon better, which is kind of crazy. But I had a good time with the cartoon. Also, I think would be great for the background of a Halloween party. Put that on, then put on this movie. Probably make a good um, maze at like Halloween Horror Nights. It would make a great one. That would make a great one. Griffith Park should get on that. They should. Um, Fuck. The acting, Alice I think, Cooper. is boring <laughs> to me. I think Johnny Depp is boring in this movie. Everybody else, I think, is fine. I think it's really beautiful. It does. The feelings that it gives me is that it does make me wish once again with every movie we watch from the 90s or 80s or 70s is like, I'm like, God, I wish we were around in this time of making movies because it feels so much more exciting in a lot of ways. Um, so I think kind of what everybody says, the the sum is not equal to the whole, and but the parts are fun to watch. And um, yeah, I and don't know. You, t- you told me earlier that the fall vibes of it was helping you get into the spooky Absolutely. Season. The beginning of the movie, I was like, for sure, pumped up. We lit candles. We made the, mo- the house dark. Like, it got exciting. And maybe if you watch this movie in the afternoon... Like while you're cleaning the house, you could like follow it more. Sleep. Yeah, but for me, I hate to say it, but it's a pass. I uh in regards to the short story, the cartoon or yeah. the movie, yeah. Um cartoon, I agree. You know, the short story is f- fine. Like I think it's endured and the idea of a headless horseman is kind of you can't it, it's just in our mythology it's cool. here. It's cool. Um and I like the the trick that Irving pulls with um you know making you know the challenge that he gives himself of making the protagonist you know kind of the loser and mm-hmm. you root for him to lose yeah. in an interesting way but the cartoon adds so much because of the vocal talents of Bing Crosby and the songs are really mm-hmm. fucking they good. are good sure. and so the you know and it takes what's best from the short story and then adds the musical element mm-hmm. which is highly enjoyable and some really inventive planned out animation stuff that's very fun and kind of a golden age for Disney so I would say definitely, you know, if cartoon. you're looking for one to do, the cartoon's a blast. And yeah. I showed it to my kid when he was really little and he loved it. Used to be shown in schools all the time. Did Stone watch Sleepy Hollow? Watch Sleepy Hollow. Again, you know, liked, liked the parts that a kid would like, but yeah. it's not something I ever see him asking to watch again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nice. Well, now that we've said everything there is to say about Sleepy Hollow, what do you say we play... The Decapitation Quiz. Can't wait. <laughs> I like Jack made a face when he was saying that. <laughs> it's the face I would make if Kevin Yeager was doing a life cast and mm. needed my death. What is that called? A death mask? Life cast? I think that's called a death mask, too. Oh, okay. Some people say it's like, I think maybe Johnny Depp has a bunch of them. Some some celebrity has a bunch of death masks that of like, cool. you know, Lon Chaney and fucking, you know. Jack Nicholson stuff. Can you guess the movies based on their memorable beheadings? It's the decapitation quiz. So you're going to have to use your domes or lose your domes. You know what I'm saying? Question number one. This devilish movie features a decapitation filmed in super slow motion, shown at four different angles, and involves a pane of glass. Death proof? But not a bad guess. Not a bad guess. This devilish movie... Oh, devil. ...features a decapitation filmed in super slow motion, shown at four different angles, and involves a pain.
pane of glass. Large pane of glass. Shink! <laughs> That's kind of the sound it makes. What mm. year? 1976. Oh. Mm. A blind spot for me. I'm going to guess... 75, I Suspiria? Know. <laughs> it's not the omen, right? It is the omen. Oh. I, I mean, I just... Based on the other clues, I can't mm. remember the scene for some reason. It's um, David Warner. He's a photographer, and he's like investigating, oh, and then the, this yeah. like construction truck just starts moving, yeah. and then it hits a rock, and this giant pane of glass comes out right as he's turning. And That's it right. Slices, mm. and his head goes rolling over the pane of glass. It's awesome looking, and it's shown four different times. I really want to watch that again. Mm-hmm. It's I'm good. Thinking about Donner Richard Donner recently. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that movie fucked me up. Uh, yeah. Points for Stanger, the decapitation quiz. Do you, think, do you think when they circumcised him, the doctor said the Donner cut? <laughs> no, but I think he said heads are about to roll. <laughs> I think he. I think he said like, "Can we do this right now?" And the doctor's like, "No, but maybe on my timeline we can." <laughs> <laughs> Watch it, Doc. You got a lethal weapon in your hand. <laughs> Don't act like a fucking goonie. <laughs> the laziest one. <laughs> just calls him a goonie for no reason. <laughs> nah, dude, I thought that was Superman. <laughs> okay, question number two. This yeah. high-octane blockbuster... Shouldn't have scrooged myself so hard. Go ...features ahead. a knockout decapitation involving a subway train, Justin. a low-hanging light, and a funny quip. Mission Impossible. I got it. Oh, fuck. If anybody else wants to guess. No, you go. Speed. Ding, ding, ding. It was between oh. speed and Mission Impossible. Doesn't he get to, doesn't Voight get decapitated in Mission Impossible? How does Voight die? In the helicopter thing? No, it's no, like red light, green light. Green light, yeah. And no, he, no, that's the French guy. That's, that's Jean Renault. Yeah. How does, how does he die? He might die. It might be some kind of decapitation thing. I think it's a decapitation, decapitation on a train. Thing. Was, I don't think there's decapitation, mm, but he may get hit. <laughs> but I don't think it? his head comes off. Okay, that convinced me. Yeah. He may get hit. Thanks, Only Jeff. because it's PG-13. So it's speed. Speed's, oh, speed speeds are. Yeah. Hard R. For bonus points. Hard R. For bonus points, can you say the quip that oh. he says after? I'll Ooh. give you I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. Dennis Hopper is going, I'm smarter. I'm smarter than you. Then he pushes him up. He Gets his head knocked off by the light, and then Keanu Reeves says, "Yeah, but at least I still got my head." <laughs> that would have been good. He does. He does later come down, and Sandra Bullock says, "What happened to him?" And he says, "He lost his head." But the quip right after, he says, "I'm taller." That's it. Yeah, I'm taller. Yeah, well, I'm taller. <laughs> Question number three. Justin, pay attention. I am. I'm just looking at Mission Impossible. What's the verdict? I'm, I'm looking. I'm finding out. Keep going. I'm listening. There's a Mr. Skin type site for decapitation. For decapitation. <laughs> <laughs> Not to reveal your source for this <laughs> quiz that we're doing. Question number three. This Chicago-based chiller. Justin Relic. Damn. Wow. wow. You were waiting. Nailed. I was waiting for it. In the zone. Nailed. What was the question, though? This Chicago-based chiller features a slew of severed heads it involves a brain-eating monster in a museum. The Relic. Oh, Tom yeah. Sizemore, Penelope Ann Miller. Guillermo it, del folks. Toro? No, that's Mimic. That's Mimic, that's right. I don't remember who directed it. I don't know if it's... Oh, oh, it is somebody of note. Is it... It's not Rennie Harlan, is it? No, it's not Rennie. 
It's a guy who I know. Um, Jan DeBont. Ooh, that's close because I think he was a cinematographer, but it's not Jan. Frankie see. the dog. I'm gonna see. Frankie, did you direct Relic? <laughs> Peter Hyams. Peter Hyams. Oh, Peter Hyams. Mm-hmm. Also did Time Cop. Okay, question number four. So we got Stanger's got two. Justin's got one. Corey, what are you doing? Did he do iRobot too? Possibly. With Will Smith? With Will Smith. I never saw it. So possibly. You'd fucking love it, dude. (laughs) Stupid as you are. (laughs) (laughs) As gullible as you are. (laughs) The robots are real. What did you start the movie from the beginning? No, I, there's very little on YouTube showing the last <laughs> scene of the movie. Why don't it's you like, just look at like the Wikipedia plot description? They're not going to say how John Voight dies. <laughs> they in might. Wiki- they might. All right, keep going. I'm almost. Ian there. Hunt, Ethan Hunt, kicks John Voight in the balls, and <laughs> next question. He goes flying in the air. Okay. Yeah. Well, I didn't just get my balls kicked. <laughs> 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 I think we can maybe fix that, Tom. Punch it up a little bit. Okay, question number four in the decapitation quiz. This supernatural screamer features an out-of-nowhere decap involving nuts, a speeding car, and a telephone pole. Justin Hereditary. Ding, ding, ding! Uh, wow. Dude, in the zone, dude. Yeah. Okay. In the zone. Tie game between Justin and Stanger. Corey's still far behind. I did a really good first guess. Though. Was so a good that was that. good. That was good. Because if you think it about it, it's a great question. Yeah. If you think about it, that's shown in if four different yeah, angles as I well. Know. I remembered it perfectly. I didn't My even realize it was kind of a it. trick question. Yeah. But I don't know if either of them have their heads decapitated. Mm, One of them gets did. their face wheeled off. That's pretty much a decapitation. One of them loses a leg. Mm, very close. One of them, their whole body just goes flying out the window and just. I bet their head got decapitated. I think the head's on the on the corpse. Just saying. Okay, question number five. This one's going to be a toughie. Oh, no. This one's going to be a toughie. Boy, Not another get old boy. What happens to him? He's on the helicopter with Jean Reno. Oh, he gets on the chopper. And, and Tom Cruise puts Red a light, green light. bubble gum bomb yeah. on it, jumps off, and then... So it blows them both up at the same time. Up, yeah. yeah. I definitely remember Jean Renault being on there, but I didn't remember Voight making it in there. Yeah, I do. I kind of remember now because he's hanging on mm-hmm. to the bottom of the thing. Yeah. And he's got those goggles on. Mm-hmm. Looking cool as hell. Yeah, they have to wear those on the speed train. They got to wear the goggles up there. I've seen John Voight at, um, you ever go to Hugo's? I, down the street? Yeah. Seen him there? That's a good sighting. Yeah. I heard he's really nice. I know he's got bad politics. He's got bad yeah. politics, yeah. But he's real, I heard he's very nice. He was nice to whoever he was having a meeting with. I'll tell you that. I've also seen Helen Hunt there. He's, uh, he's pro Biden. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks he's a the, Bernie bro. He thinks that like we need the vaccine. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Uh, celebrity sightings at uh, L.A. Mexican restaurant institutions. I did see David Caruso. I went up to him. Where? At, which which restaurant? Uh, at, so yeah, sorry. Uh, at um, Paquito Mas. Mm. And I went up to him and it was like right at the kind of peak of CSI Miami. Mm. And so I went up to him and I was like, hey, man, I love seeing you pop up in movies and I have a great time watching CSI Miami. And he was like, thanks. These are kind of fun to have. 
and he reached in his pocket and he pulled out a business card with his picture on it. No. And on the back, it had his autograph. And then he just went away. Wow. And he gave it to you? Yeah. Honestly, That's that cool. is kind of funny. Yeah. I So people, like I've told that story, people are like, oh my God. But I'm like, no, what a fucking, yeah. this is right when, so everybody's coming up to him because CSI Miami was a fucking That's sensation. True. That's yeah. true. And so he's not going to stand there and pose for a picture and you want something out of this experience. And I got a fucking little tiny headshot with this autograph. <laughs> I appreciate it. I thought it. it was fucking awesome. Yeah. So he just like has them in his pocket. And, and I you like know. his attitude about it. Yeah. Like he's not looking at you like you're scum. He's not saying get away from me. He's like, this is fun for both of us. Here you go. I got a little thing. It is. Me. And it wasn't like you want this. It was like, these are kind of fun to have. Yeah. He gave me. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Eat Perusal. your heart out. Okay. This is a hard one, folks. Question number five. This odd entry from the Master of Horror features an explosive decapitation involving a superpowered Christy Swanson and a basketball. Christy Swanson. I know exactly the meme you're talking about, and I just can't picture this what. Odd movie entry is from. from the Master of Horror. Do we know yeah. who the Master of Horror is? Wes Craven. Mm-hmm. It's it. It's not one of the Kruger movies. It's the woman. It's not one of the Kruger she blows movies. up the woman from the Goonies. Yes, Ann Ramsey is the victim. She chucks a basketball at her head and it explodes. It's an awesome <laughs> yes. gif. It's an awesome gif. Can you name the film? I'll give you the plot synopsis. Mm-hmm. A guy builds a robot. The robot gets smashed. He decides to reincarnate the robot by planting its AI chip into Christy Swanson's brain. Christy Swanson basically becomes the Terminator. <laughs> I, I don't think I ever saw this Wes Craven movie. And kills Anne I've Ramsey never, I've with a basketball. It. It's called Deadly Friend. No points for anyone on that one. Uh, Deadly I, Friend. I never, never would have guessed in a million years. Seek it out. But you know what's crazy? Wes Craven did Last House on the Left. Iconic movie. He did... Shocker. Iconic movie. <laughs> he did Last House. He did Nightmare on Elm Street. He did Swamp Thing. Then he, he did, did Swamp Thing with he, Dick Dirk. Yeah. Wow. Then he did fucking. Oh, and Hills Have Eyes. Don't forget Hills Have Eyes. Mm-hmm. Then he did this crazy ass Deadly Friend movie that mm-hmm. is like a meme that nobody talks about. Yeah. It feels like something he would do like early, early, early. Yeah. But he was like over 10 years into his career and had done amazing shit at that point mm-hmm. and would go on to do more amazing shit. Did you guys okay. watch the Swamp Thing series on USA? No. Oh, no. wait. Yeah. Back in the day? Yeah. Yes. I thought you meant the new one. No, no, not the yes. new one. Back in the day, yeah, I did. I watched the hell out of that. Mm-hmm. Our fucking giant suities got I watched on. everything on USA. That was like my network. Watched everything. Duckman, <laughs> Son of a Beach. I got to watch rewatch. There was like a crazy thing and it had like Dick Durick who played him in all the movies. Yeah. The, the fun kind of first one, the shitty second one, and then in the series. And he had like this crazy deep voice. And it would be like all the shit built around him, but still kind of his face, you yeah. know? And it always like, we were able to rescue the people from the bank. <laughs> you know, like it'd like break up like little bank robbers and all kinds of Yeah. Yeah. I love the show and I love the movies too. It's been a long time since I've seen the movies, but I love The second them. one he has sex in and, but as Swamp Thing, but like he just gives her like a little like cucumber, like a carrot that's off of him, and she bites it, and then they fantasize about him oh, in human form. Cool. Before he swamps out. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Is that the one that the starts com- with the Alan Moore comics? I I had I had a couple of them and liked them, but I haven't read them in years. But yeah, I liked people. I liked more people turning into monsters and but still kind of being heroes and being yeah. conflicted more than just 
the straight ahead superhero stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Monster yeah. movie stuff. It's good. Okay. Question number six. This one might be easy. This gratuitous gore fest features a prolonged decapitation that involves an undead horde, stretched skin, and the sound of ripped vocal cords. Justin, Day of the Dead. Ding, ding, ding. For bonus points. Corey, we're getting lapped here. (laughs) For bonus points. Real embarrassing. Can you tell me the name of the special effects man who pulled off that effect? Can you imagine if I knew the answer to this? I'm going to guess Kevin Yeager. No. Think back, classic guy. Mm, Savini. Oh. uh, What'd you just say? Savini. Yes, Tom Savini. Sex machine. Okay. So Justin has three? Did I get a bonus point? said bonus points. Oh, so you got four. Black Knight from, uh, what's that? Night Riders. Night Riders, Riders, yeah. The Romero movie. Two to four to zero. This final question is worth 10 points. (laughs) (laughs) This is the only way I can ever maybe win. Okay, if you know it before I finish, you better cut me off if you want to win this. But we say our name. Still say our name first. Nope, just say the answer. Okay. Whoever says it first gets the 10 points and wins the game. Okay. A little more exciting tension if we say our names. <laughs> and then everybody has to wait. And then okay, they... yeah. Say your names. Okay. Say your names. That'll be harder in your head, too, because you'll have to think, say my name, mm-hmm. after you think of the name. Yeah. Okay. Question. Like fucking Destiny's Child. <laughs> <laughs> say my name. Say my name. Final question. This claustrophobic classic features an out-of-this-world decapitation. Involving an operating table, a tentacled tongue, and spider legs. Justin, the thing. Justin wins the decapitation quiz. You gotta be fucking kidding. That's the line when mm-hmm. they when they see it. <laughs> Who was this? Was it um, Alex nope. Gilli- Gillis? Nope. nope. Wasn't Gillis? Mm-mm. We've talked about him recently. Shane Gillis? Wasn't Shane Gillis either? <laughs> Talked about him recently. Why he did I retired think I... from... Mm-hmm. Oh, Gillis did the remake. He did the remake. He wasn't thing. involved with the original. Mm-hmm. Bruce Gillis's brother. Who's Bruce Gillis? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see Bruce Willis. Bruce Gillis. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> totally different guy. <laughs> guy's just a nice tax accountant. <laughs> but they're brothers. Go ahead. Rob Bottin. Rob Bottin. Oh, the master. Yeah, that's right. The master Rob Bottin. That's American Werewolf in London. This. Yeah. 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 Oh no, 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 no. Sorry. No. He he was on he was originally on American Werewolf London, but then um he did the howling. Mm-hmm. Rick Baker. Rick, Rick Baker, Baker did American yeah. Werewolf. Yeah. Do I get any points for that? Uh yeah, but you don't win the game. <laughs> you get one extra point, it doesn't get you up there. It's crazy how Goonies came up and then like one minute later I asked a question about Anne Ramsey from Goonies. Wow. No, that's Have you ever taken Stone to like the new Bev or anything like Definitely that? Definitely taken him to the new Bev. We saw Aliens there. Oh, cool. That's a good one. Yeah, that was really fun. Did he love it? Was that his first time? Or? He's seen it before and, and loves it, but it was great seeing it on a big screen. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Newsflash, we just got our fucking asses kicked, man. <laughs> Stang, it was so fun to have you. Anything you want to plug? Uh, I mean, you check out the podcast. Um, Action Boys. Yeah. Dumbbells. I'm even more annoying on that one than I was on this, <laughs> so... 
I love it, folks. Long Jack time is a patron, long time hardcore listener. If I, if I wait, sometimes I will wake up in the middle of the night to Jack just laughing hysterically, and I'll be like, "What the fuck is going on?" He's like, yeah, "Never heard nothing, it once. Nothing. Never sometimes listened when the to gear, a single episode. Sometimes Jack's when the gears thing. are turning in the middle of the night, I'll pop on a podcast, and if it's Action Boys, I will often just be laughing in bed. Yeah, <laughs> or talking back to it, like talking like he's a part yeah. of the conversation. He's uh, a true fanboy. Does work on the show. He is an uh, he is an action music boy now. For it. Yeah, multiple done music a commercial things. for it. Yeah, video promos and a commercial parody mm-hmm. cut together our trailer. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and he and, did the music of dumbbells, and the and the dumbbells. most recent mm-hmm. um, dumbbells mm-hmm. opening theme did the music for that. Mm-hmm. Great work on all that stuff. People compliment it, so um, you should feel proud. Love buddy. to hear it. Um, we really it. need money, so just send uh, other podcasts this way if you want. Yeah. So they uh, <laughs> I'll make music anybody for else your wants theme songs. I'll cut your podcast trailer, <laughs> make music for it too. Uh, yeah, and there's. There's one in the trailer, like you do some kind of like like a steel drum transition. Yeah. People are like, "Where does what movie is that music from?" And we had to be like, "The guy that cut the trailer made it." So inspired by Commando, but yeah, yeah. all yeah. all originally made. Yeah, that was a fun assignment. Just going through all these action movie themes and having to make like parody versions of them. Yeah, it's great. He's here to even the score. You know, it could be like any <laughs> in a world gone mad. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it was great to have you. This was yeah, a fun thanks episode. Thanks for having me. It was a treat. I actually did enjoy revisiting this movie and love talking about it. <laughs> Your favorite movie. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad we did it. I am I want to be I want to go on the record and say I am glad we did it. Yeah, do you yeah. have a do you have a movie that you would like us to talk about at some point on the pod? Oh god. That you think would be fun? Oh, so many. Um I mean, have you done aliens yet? No. We've not done any of the alien franchise. Um that would be your Cameron pick. Of all the Cameron catalog? Of all the Cameron catalog? No, I would say I, w- I would like to do The Abyss. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's some fun stories on that. A lot of that. good Tons of fun, that, super yeah. fun near, stories. A lot of near-death experiences. Yeah, and making of. And I do really like that movie until the ending, which I'm yeah. ultimately fine with, but mm. it's so much promise going into that, and you're like, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a cut of that that exists that preserves some of the things Cameron removed from the film? A good question. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I've I've seen whatever they're offering up on streamer, but I haven't streamers. I haven't done a deep dive, and that's mm. so. That's why I would like to hear you guys do it. Yeah, to see like everything that's out there available about it. I know you can still go visit the tank that they shot in, like wow. the set that they and like all the stuff is still built inside of it. It's just left abandoned. There's been multiple people like you can watch YouTube videos of people going and breaking in and like whoa. being like, whoa, this is where like they almost drown in that one part. This is where Michael Bean goes crazy. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. He's got fucking underwater craziness. And we got to do one of the Terminators too, because we just reference it so much. Oh my god! Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But maybe that's it's one we have to like hold on. I think that has to be like yeah, like a hundredth episode. Yeah, hundredth episode. We Terminator do Terminator two or something. Yeah. Never done the Terminator. That's amazing. <laughs> Speaking of commentary, I always joke about like he's got great commentary he does on Total Recall, where it's him, like it's him and Paul Verhoeven, the director, and Paul Verhoeven knows what commentary is, yeah. so he'll try to tell anecdotes, and Arnold just steamrolls him, just describing what's happening on screen. <laughs> so Paul Verhoeven will be like, "This is an interesting time where we were trying to figure out if we were going. No, no, this is crazy. This is you see me. I'm going up the escalator now. 
and that I'm taking this guy and then I'm holding him <laughs> and that they're not able to shoot me because this guy is blocking the bullets. And like at a certain point, shield. yeah, it's a human shield and they're not able to shoot. Nothing you know, behind the scenes. Nothing. Just describing and what And Verhoeven trying to and then eventually just bailing and just lets our, and then now that I'm wrapping the towel around my head. And that, that, <laughs> this is yeah. funny. Yeah, this is amazing. This is crazy that the guy, is, I see the guy through the through the window and that he's leaving the case. <laughs> And then I'm going down the stairs now. And then they walk into the case. <laughs> Doesn't understand what audio no. commentary no, is. No, I mean, it's kind of new for that it's stuff. Like, yeah. and, so, and he is a good, he does tell good stories. And so mm-hmm. it is funny. Like, he just, he's just like, we got to fill up this fucking space. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Anyway. Well, that, my friends, is the show. Follow us on social media at Cinema Possessed Pod, where we announce next week's movie ahead of time. And if you want to get in touch with us, email us at cinemapossessedpod at gmail.com. And if you want to get even more possessed, head on over to patreon.com slash cinemapossessedpod and unlock the Cinema Possessed bonus materials. Those are our bi-monthly bonus episodes where we talk about more than just what's in our collection. Plus, you'll gain exclusive access to Patreon-only giveaways and community message boards. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. And folks, you're going to want to tune in next week because we are keeping the scary movies coming for the spooky season. All October long, we are doing horror movies. And next week, we are talking the 1994 Jack Nicholson, Michelle Pfeiffer, James Spader, Mike Nichols-directed Wolf. And as always... Keep watching the movies you love and stay possessed. Later. Bye. Bye. This is, of course, you're ending the podcast and then he's pushing <laughs> stop on the on the recorder now. It's unbelievable.